Well, good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. We'll get back to him in a second. And, of course, he is the great Chief Grand Poobah here at PressBox. He's Stan the Fan Charles. Good morning, sir. What's going on, guys? So uh, you weren't here, obviously, during the week this week. Um, you know, well, I was here. You don't remember? <laughs> I was here each day. I really en- <laughs> We'll get back. So Griffin has been all over this season Right. From a betting standpoint, he's been all over the primetime unders. Okay. And no game, perhaps in the history of football, of the NFL, right? screamed primetime under quite like yesterday's game. Yeah. So all week, as we've been telling people, they can get the Superbook. Right. Download the Superbook app. Right. Use the code Glenn Clark 23 or Stan Charles 23 when they sign up mm-hmm. and receive up to $250 in a same day first bet match. You know, sometimes when we tell people about that's that, that's the offer we're always always available to you, influencing with people. Correct. Whenever we we've been telling people about Take that your this coat week, off and stay I'm gonna a while. do that. I'm gonna choose to do that, Stan. Whenever we've been telling people about that this week, we've been um, saying, "Hey, and if there's a bet that you might want to make, I would." You know, Griffin feels really strongly about the under in Thursday night's game. So near the end of yesterday's show, under was like thirty and a half. Thirty. Thirty. And didn't they, they beat it in the first half? They did, yeah. So yeah. weird you bring that up. It was 21 to 10, wasn't it? Right, hmm. at the half. So yesterday, as we're doing one of the last uh, you know, segments of the show, we're talking about... What does Griffin have to do? So uh, me, Well, yeah. I, I said, Griffin, like this is your moment. Like right. Everything's kind of... This been, could put you on the map nationally. Well, you've been the, the primetime under guy, and this is the under, right? Like This is the one. Mm-hmm. So what are you willing to do? And Griffin was like sort of playing in his his mind. He was like under underwear, like under underwear. I said, so you're gonna do the show tomorrow in your underwear if right. the under doesn't hit. Right. And he was. Well, this was it was stupid. I mean, there was no there right. Was there, no was no, doubt. there was no no way no way that Mitchell Trubisky and Bailey Zappi Bailey Zappi right. three touchdowns three in first, the first half touchdowns half. were somehow going to hit the over. Like that wasn't going to happen. So Griffin said, yeah. Well, there was also yeah. no reward for winning. The, right. Well, was you would have won the bet. That would have been the reward. Was, yeah. the, was the deal, though, that he would do it today? Well, I said. I don't see. I, well, hang on. I said we could wait if, because Stan's going to be here tomorrow. Right. If you're not comfortable, you know, like Stan's the chief grand poobah. Right. If you're I'm not, very uncomfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. If well, you're not comfortable, then we could wait till Monday. Griffin said, I'd rather just get it over with. Like, if I lose, I just want to do it tomorrow. Did you shower last night and course, put new, yeah, yeah. new skivvies on? I showered, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Did you put so, new skivvies on? I, I, I mean, yeah, I showered. <laughs> I did shower last night. You keep, you keep not answering the other part of the question. <laughs> they clean underwear. I mean, I think they are, yeah. All right. So, uh, as you know, the over indeed hit last night. In Patriots Steelers, and so because of that, I'm just glad I didn't have to like sweat it out. I, you know, it was like I just, got it, got I, it I, over I, with. I, yeah. I had to, I, now, I had what did we decide about? Are we doing though. tarps off? Tarps off. Are we doing tarps off? Because I thought that was oh, the this? agreement. Yeah, I uh, thought we were doing. I mean, in your underwear. It's for a little chilly show. out today. Outside, but yeah. I don't know if you know. We're not doing no, the yeah. show outside today. Uh, that's yeah, true. We're doing the show. It's nice and here in the yeah, in the comfortable studio. Under the impression you. Underwear would be right, but we had talked about doing tarps off. That w- that yeah, we dis- talked about that. But we had discussed like, yeah. that. Really? I got to represent. I don't remember that. Johns we- Hopkins today. You didn't go to Johns Hopkins. Well, my mom works there. So That's this, lovely. This. I don't know that they want to be associated. Yeah, with exactly. What it is that I don't think Hopkins. I would think be they very, would prefer. Be very, it's going to cost your mother her job. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So you might your you might be, you might have no choice. I tell you what, we go tarps off for a little while. 
What, okay. For a little while. When I call Bo, I, I look decent for Bo. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm a... I'm a now, we didn't ask one other important person whether she's comfortable uh, with it. Yeah, Leah? Leah. Leah. Leah Hang on a second. Leah may be really offended. Leah, are you okay if Griffin does the show in his underwear? There we go. Leah Thanks. says she says Thanks she'd a lot, love Leah. it. Yeah, right. She said she'd love it. <laughs> well, I think there's thing. a chance today's a big day for you. I think that we could look back on this day. Leah's known as a cougar, by the way. I, and, yeah. oh, I've heard that yeah. many times. In fact, Her I've told people. Her nickname has always been Leah, Leah the, cougar. the Cougar. Leah yeah. the Cougar. So I think for, for a little while we go tarps off full on, and then, yeah, we can put the T-shirt back on okay. a little bit later. So, All right. so now, I guess. Do you have some sexy music prepared? Do you oh, have? I should have, yeah, yeah. Really wish, like, what that? What was the movie that the, had the guys that did the calendar? Do you remember what that movie was called from years ago? Oh, it was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Oh, God. No. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about, and I can't. was... was uh, was what's his name in that uh, the 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 guy from Superstar, um, the guy who did yeah. the Philly cheesesteaks? What's his? Hang on. Like only the biggest actor, Bradley Cooper. Cooper, no, was not in that. Okay. Uh, huh? All right, this is kind of sexy. I like this. Saxophone. Kind of like it. All right. Is this Grover Washington? I don't. know. No, it's Grover Washington. Who's that? So all right, all right, all right. We're 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 killing time here. Let's get to it. This is what the lady. This is what the ladies are here for. Yeah, there we go. Tarp off. Tarp off. Here we go. Oh, he's wearing his Hanes today. He's got his Hanes on. Are they clean? (laughs) We never got a straight answer to that question. There you go. His blue Hanes. There he is. That's our guy, Griffin. Understanding next week for sure. Did you give a full like? Did you give a full display they, to everybody? Really off or your pants off? I think they're down in your ankles. Yeah, yeah. there we go. There we go. There's our guy. Let hey, me look, hold man. Those pants. <laughs> man, of, man of his word. He Very said if good. the under did not hit, he'd do his show, the show in his underwear, and we'll do at least some of the show in his underwear. Now let me but. ask you a question. What did you risk if Nothing. it had gone under? Zero. This is, I, know, I, I don't know why. Because I agreed is, with him. <laughs> I thought it was going to under. It was going to hit. This is, this is the last time. But as I said, well, you you like you this. were bold. But yeah. I thought but I, I mean, saw. On, wait a second. I thought I saw on Twitter that if it doesn't hit next week, you're going to go streaking. Yeah. I thought I saw that. Com- compared we, to we, yeah. compared, oh, we're going yeah, we. streaking. Yeah, compared to what some people what have said. had to do and taste and smell. Yeah, exactly. You've come it's off like, very easy. Yeah. 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 I'm not right. doing any bull balls or worms. Yeah, nothing or, like that. Nothing like that. I told you that Maybe story. That's what I should have, I should have pointed to I told you that story I read about a year ago on uh, AOL that these guys were, this is in Australia or New Zealand. These guys were on a rugby team or something, and they went out after the rugby match and they were drinking. And somebody made a bet that this guy. To this one guy said, I'll 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 eat this little uh it was like a little lizard or something mm. like that. He ended up he he ate him. He ate the lizard. You know, they put him up to it and he had three more beers and he, he ended up dying from oh, it Jesus. and lived like about two years oh. of hell. Oh. And it infected something. Yeah, because he got salmonella, I think. Is that what it it's was? a horrible oh. that worse than worse than salmonella. Well, then I'll I'll go underwear yeah. well, not, any day yeah. of the week. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's yeah. let's avoid that as a potential. But he could punishment. eat his underwear one time in the future. If if a couple more uh, overs, primetime overs, end up hitting, we might not be that far away from that being yeah. a possibility. Are they clean though, Griffin? Seriously? Yeah, we, we well, really, yeah, yeah, yes, really. 
clean enough. That's actually company policy that we have. That's why Stan keeps asking. We're going to have to get rid is, of his chair. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, we got to disinfect. Well, there's no Saturday. Or the Saturday guys don't come in sure, here so anymore. The that is one. the good news. <laughs> it is just your chair now moving forward. Uh, as the uh, Paul and uh, Ryan Blake now do their show from home on Saturday mornings. Paul, around. Paul, I understand, is part of this bet. He's at work He actually today. does every show in his underwear. He's, he's, he's at well, work and by the way, today. as a sign of solidarity with Griffin, we did hear Andrew Stetka committed that he would listen to today's show oh, in his underwear. So look at so the support. Huge. He's a brave man. Look I, at the that support so that you have. Man. I think yeah. that is really kind of Andrew Stetka to make such a commitment to you. All right, so there we go. Griffin's in his underpants today. Stan, obviously a lot for us to discuss. Coming up a little bit later on in the program, we'll preview Ravens-Rams. Bo Smolka will join us. And uh, Sal Palantonio will uh, check in with us to wind down today's show. Sal had no problem coming on with me. Correct. He's yeah. good with you. Yeah. A lot of people becomes a bit of a contentious issue, but Sal I mean, I heard from Trey Wingo. On. He was pissed. I don't think he's he ever. He was pissed. Yeah. He, 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 you didn't tell him I was I, on the I don't show. think that there will be a yeah. Friday appearance from Trey Wingo yeah. ever again. I yes, think that'll be the last one. Not in 2023. No, no. I. You know what? I In fact, uh, can I make that promise? <laughs> like, Trey's a regular with us, so I don't even know that I can Maybe. promise that. Um, also this morning, the army guy looking at, Griffin. yeah, he's trying to figure out, what's yeah. going. you got to salute. You got to do the Forrester thing. You got to salute. In fact, I would like it if you did. You salute, you if another army up. guy walks by the window, I would really like it if you stood up and salute. Yeah. I'm sure he would. I, <laughs> sure he would. Come on, man. You're already here in your underwear. Yeah. How's it going to get worse? Look, if, it's already trending. <laughs> right. Griffin's underpants. Then it worked. Yeah. Um, also this morning, uh, Marty Conway, the professor, uh, he's going to check in with us, Execu- longtime sports <clears throat> executive. Uh, obviously, some big news yesterday in uh, Bloomberg, the report that uh, perhaps the Orioles finally could be moving towards a sale. Uh, David Rubenstein from Carlisle, Baltimore native. By the way, I, I I put a poll up on Twitter yesterday, Stan, that if David Rubenstein buys the Orioles, am I forced? Wait, minute, you put a poll up for him to dance? Yeah, correct. <laughs> no, I put a poll up. Do I have to? You know, Stan's always been bothered by how I end the show because Stan's a, a closet Duke fan. Right. So, not really even a closet yeah, Duke fan. He's kind of an open Duke fan. No, I'm kind of I, a Krzyzewski fan. And I always say Duke sucks at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, mixed response. There are some people that think that if David Rubenstein buys the Orioles, that I shouldn't say Duke sucks anymore at the end of the show. He went re- to Duke? He did. He went to Duke. Out of respect to David Rubenstein. Okay. We'll see. We'll talk more about that with Marty Conway, as well as the big news in the NCAA this week about perhaps the future of uh, all college sports. And so we'll talk about all that with Marty David Conway. Rubenstein talking about I don't think he's all buying college all college sports. No, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. And uh, this morning, uh, our friend Sanzi Gabba is going to join us, and she is going to help us announce this year's 2023 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. So we'll look forward to doing that. By the way, the um, the neighborhood that the Orioles play in, and I'm not talking about down by Camden Yards. I'm talking about the American League East. We saw the Yankees pick up Juan Soto. They're deep in discussions trying to pick up Yamamoto, Maybe uh, Jordan Hicks, who knows, they might pivot and go after Blake Snell. But um, the Toronto Blue Jays are greatly favored now um, to to sign Shohei Otani. Unless, unbeknownst to us, the Dodgers or Giants have come in and just blown out the Blue Jays. Supposedly, he is flying to Toronto today, which was supposed to be just a meeting but MLB Trade Rumors is saying that the uh, 
his decision could be looks imminent. like it could be coming. Um, and and again, I I said this earlier this week. This is the difficult part about when we have the conversation about Craig Kimbrell. I, I don't want it to sound too negative, right? I never want that to be the case because I'm not really down on signing Craig Kimbrell. Right. I'm really not. Like I think that we have to be measured about the way that but we you're talk. You're not up on it. I'm not. You know, you're overjoyed by it, it. Right. right? I think it was a a move that was a good move to make. But yeah. when you look around and you see that Juan Soto is now in the division, and you see that it looks like it's possible that Shohei Otani could be joining the division, yeah. you find yourself saying, "Okay, what's next?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what's what's next? And that's the part that you're concerned about. Not that I don't think this team could still be good a year from now right. if they don't make another bold pitching move, but. It's not going to be as easy as it appeared as though it was a year ago. And so I think that that's the next – what is the next domino that can fall for the Orioles as far as fortifying this pitching staff to be ready to face the likes of Juan Soto, and, Shohei Otani? And do these rumors of the discussion of a sale to David Rubenstein, normally when discussions like that are going on – a lot of times in business, it's not business as usual. It's scaling back Correct. until the sale is done. Correct. Which I got to be honest with you. If I'm David Rubenstein and I'm attracted to buying my hometown team, mm-hmm. but why do you think now he is? Because they got a hell of a team right now. If this, if this was 2019 and they were just entering a rebuild, I don't think he'd be nearly as interested. Why would you want the GM who's built that team to stop now? You know, in other words, that that doesn't fly with me. But it is standard practice in business, in sports, that when you're prepping for a sale, you, strip, you don't scale you strip, up. Yeah, you strip down the parts a little bit. You get the cost down. No <laughs> pun intended. Griffin with the big smile on his face when I said strip down the parts. Yeah. Um, you get Are the they cost. clean, Griffin? <laughs> it's very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We actually, uh, yeah. uh, this is the, I don't know, we probably should have told you this before. We actually have a checking process that we use <laughs> here at PressBox to make sure that's the case. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, well, it's, always, it's always been company. When you signed your paperwork, you agreed to it. So I don't think you can, yeah. you don't think you can did back you ever see that? Everything. Did you ever see that bit that, uh, for. I see Griffin's bits right now. I know. Oh, yeah. uh, two bits. Um, that bit that Borat did. On oh, the Mankini? The, the, no, the, the. Bit that he did when he interviewed it was on was it on HBO I forget which network it was on he did these short movies that uh, uh, sh- they were they were sh- like almost like the Carol Burnett show there were like five 15 minute bits and he interviewed the judge that ran for Senate oh Roy, down in Alabama Roy, Roy Moore Roy, right did yeah. you ever see that I don't think I ever did no. oh God it was funny he was he was an Israeli he was an Israeli he played in how he got the guy to sit down with him, but he was some type of emissary from Israel. And this is like three years ago. Huh. So it has not, nothing to do with the war going on. And this emissary's interviewing Roy, what was his name? Roy Moore. Roy, Roy yeah. Moore. He's interviewing him, and he says, he goes, Judge Moore, he goes, we're so honored to have you. Could you speak? At the beginning of this interview, on the great relationship uh, the state of Israel has with the people of Alabama. Oh, maybe I do vaguely so remember he, this. So he gives some kind of bullshit answer. Yeah, right. Because 
they're, they're not really a, have yeah. a great deal of affinity. Yeah, right. And then he whips out, he says, now, he goes, we have this device that the Israeli uh, the Israelis have invented, and he goes, and, yeah. and it was about if you're a sex cr- criminal. I, uh, and it, it, it'll, <laughs> yep, I do and, remember that entirely. I completely remember that now. I, it was one of the funniest things I've ever it seen. Was, I don't even remember what that series was, but I do, like, yeah. it was very good. It was very good. There was a. Um, I was. I they was put him through like defense training or something like he that. Had a, he had a character that was a yeah. defense trainer. Yeah. Was, was it the This Is America? No. That who might, is America? Who is America? Something like America, that. Yeah. yeah. It was very good. It was very. That good. piece with Roy Moore though was absolutely incredible. No, it was outstanding. Because he he swipes himself. Right. And he, and he swipes him, thinking, pretending he thinks it's gonna, and he goes, "What? Wait a minute!" He goes, "What is going on here?" It's a right. <laughs> Uh, Griffin, what time is ever so? Bo's joining us. At Bo is joining us in about uh, twelve minutes. Here. Twelve minutes, ten thirty, yes. and yes. then after Bo, we now will add Daryl Moose Johnston Correct. to yes. the list of guests today. Uh, Daryl doing the game. He is doing the game for Fox on Sunday. So Daryl, can you Johnston. explain what's going on with these games? There was an all AFC game a couple weeks yeah. ago that was on Fox. Yeah, the T- Tampa Carolina, I think, last week was on CBS. Okay. So they basically, when they kind of agreed to all the flexing. They had to, to say trade off, right? To, if we're going to allow, correct, because we're going to end up having a situation where there's going to be a game that we want, and then you're going to look, and CBS is going to have no games. Right. So they basically had to agree to relinquish some of some the, of the rights. Okay. And then I think this year they just went into like a full-on draft process. Like this year they just essentially there's no longer a, a NFC AFC picking, thing. Picking games. Correct. But the belief is that Fox still wants as many Cowboys games as they can get, right. and CBS still want like the tradition of Chiefs fans and Ravens fans and Steelers fans being used to watching right. the games on CBS. They still want to keep that. Was it pegged in the old days, old days being two, three years ago, was it pegged toward which team was home? In other words, it this was the is on road Fox. team. The road, so the road team, team was always the winning one that- this time, but it wasn't chosen based on that. Right, so this is, this is normal quote-unquote normal right. that new, this game no, would be on normal. or even the old the old normal was whatever the road team was dictated got, where the got ne- you. so the fact that this was an nfc road team would have dictated this game would okay. have been on fox so okay. that part is normal the weird part is that the ravens go like two months without playing on cbs because between fox games the bye week prime and then primetime games, games yeah. they go basically like two months without a cbs right. game and who's doing the play-by-play? Is Gus doing? It's Joe Davis. Yeah, Joe Davis. The, Joe uh, Davis does. Okay, that's the number the one team guy. this year. No, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson's the number one okay. team. I think they're the number two team. Okay. Uh, Joe Davis and uh, Dale Daryl. They sure Moose promote Johnson. the hell out of uh, uh, Kevin Burkhart and. Uh, they do Greg the, the, the Greg Olson Terry Bradshaw bit. I thought was pretty that's good. Cute, I, cute. I I enjoyed that one. I thought that one was a pretty good one. Um, Stan, just you know, we'll put the a thought on this before we grab a break here. Yeah. When you read the story yesterday in Bloomberg, your immediate reaction was what? I think if I I went through a lot of different thoughts, and I think perhaps Mrs. Angelos may have put her foot down and just okay. wants to be rid of the team. You know that. Uh, She's tired of all the negativity, and she's the matriarch of that family. And I think if she really pushes hard against John, it it might because happen. you and I were both of the belief in the last I couple th- of years that John wanted to try to I come think out. John of this wanted as the... to come out of this on on the side of owning this team. 
you know. Do you think that there's any chance that Major League Baseball was not interested in John Angelos no. being? No, I don't. I look at like how how they basically embraced John Fisher mm-hmm. and the move to Las Vegas and how they how Major League Baseball essentially. You can say it was a local problem that caused this, mm-hmm. but they essentially pissed on the city of Oakland, which is still a much larger market than Las Vegas. And they went bent over backwards. They're not even charging them a relocation fee. So, you know, they basically got one of the prime locations for an expansion team. They got that for free, mm-hmm. you know. Do you think that it's a, you know, like, hey, this this guy helped us get $600 million in state funds, so, you know, we're good? Like, that money money always kind of wins out with everybody. And I, and I say this to say, I, this doesn't – it's the way the story was written. It's very clear. This is not done, right? No, like, this, is, this is not fait accompli. I think this somehow got out there pretty early. It seems like yeah. it got out there fairly early. And given – digging around a little bit, it seems like Bloomberg has a kind of longstanding relationship with David Rubenstein, yep. and which would make you think that it comes from that Their side, side yeah. of it. And David Rubenstein maybe is trying – perhaps feels like there's been feet dragging, and he wants to accelerate the process a little yeah. bit and wants to be maybe even more involved. Right. Um, I, I guess the question that other people have asked in the 24-hour sense is how does this impact the negotiations between the Orioles and the state? Yeah. And I, I, I think it's pretty clear that that's going to end up being a one-year lease, whether – whether they go through the rigmarole of it being a month to month, right. I think that's gonna, that's a fait accompli. It's not like the Orioles are going to be yeah, moved playing, to Nashville yeah, right. on March the first. I tried saying every time somebody uses the word deadline, I'm like, what? You, we have to be able to talk like adults, right? There's no actual deadline yep. here. There's yep. not. It, but but David Rubenstein is a pretty sharp guy. Uh, if he's watched the way that they negotiated this deal publicly. You know, where they announced on September, what was it, September 28th, October 1st? Yeah, the, what, the end of September. They, they announced yeah. that a deal yeah. was done Right. when it turned out it was a memorandum of, of understanding yeah. or of un- understanding that had no legal basis. Um, David Rubenstein, you wonder what the end game of finishing a sale of the team is going to look like. And, and, you know, for people that are hoping, like, maybe this could be an influx of cash, it doesn't look like that's happening before this season. It, no. It doesn't, doesn't. like, if, if your hope in this news yesterday was, like, this could provide the Orioles the money to sort of dip their toes into the free agent water a little right. bit more, probably not the case. Now, what that looks like, again, we, we're the cart before the horse here, right? Like, what that could mean down the road, if there is a sale, if there isn't. We'll have plenty of time to have that conversation. But from a sheer timeline perspective... Again, I, I'm assuming if David Rubenstein from Baltimore originally mm-hmm. is trying to buy the Baltimore Orioles, he is not going to suddenly back away if the Orioles went out and spent $100 million on a player. It might even be interesting if there's a working relationship between David Rubenstein and John Angelos, mm-hmm. right? If it's been cordial during this process, right. it might even be that David Rubenstein has said, go ahead, right? Yeah. Like, go ahead and spend. Yeah. Op- and, operate as if. But but this is all, we're, you know, we, we're being. We're putting it, the car. A hundred percent. It's very hypothetical, all the conversation that we're having, and we'll have to continue to monitor this. And It'll be interesting when we talk to Marty Conway how far along he thinks this is for it to a gotten gotten public. public yeah it, you wouldn't i you wouldn't think that the first call was made yesterday 
for it to have gotten public. No. You wouldn't think wouldn't. that would be the case, but I guess crazier but then things. Then again, yeah, yesterday right? you wouldn't have thought you'd see Griffin Bass in his underwear. That's a great point. And you no been, one did. And a I lot of people have been that. hoping for We've gotten a lot of emails over the years. Like, when are you finally going to do the Griffin and his underwear show? And today was the day. Congratulations. You got everything Go that ahead you wanted. Make Bailey's get, happy. Get yeah. your screenshots now because, as we said, after this commercial break, we're going to let Griffin put his shirt back. His tarp can go back on. So get your screenshots now. I just want to say this. one other thing. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bass must be very proud of what their son has become. How do they feel about your 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 job here? How do they feel? Do they think? I don't know if they know I have a job here. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't told them that yet. Griffin's still a very young man. Do they feel like you're moving the right way? That they, I or, think so, yeah. Or do they yeah. sort of say, like, hey, when are you going to go right, ahead right. and I'm abandon looking, all of that? I'm looking and, at Griffin's face right now. Is it possible he's wearing some type of makeup and <laughs> on his face have they I, i've never asked this question before do they do they have like the yeah. my mother-in-law I mean, did this with me when i met my wife she was like so when are you gonna get a real job like, i mean yeah yes, they do have yes, you do yes, have those yes. conversations absolutely, absolutely but it's not it's not unique to you working here yeah not yeah not it's just to, working it's within like, this business in right, general they'd right. rather you go be you know a, a financial yeah. planner or something like well, that not it's, it's that, obvious yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. obvious his knowledge of sports though he's able to have Right. Carried that over right. to win so much. The Bass money. family's got to understand yeah, that he's now when you he's... can nail bets like yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> How do you not continue working in this field? All right. Um, when we come back, today's show, by the way, brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma. Comes I have a Toyota because you knew yeah. that the Toyota Tacoma came in a range of models and trim lines, so you could choose the perfect Tacoma. I don't think you have a Tacoma have a to Tacoma. reflect but your unique I, personality. I would, if I were buying a car today, you would get a Tacoma. It would reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Bo Smolka and Daryl Moose Johnston next here on Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events 
to see the full list of parades, and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. Tyus Bowser show returns this Tuesday night. Where? December where? 12th at Alonzo. Alonzo on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. That's where we're going to be. Haven't been to Alonzo's for a Tyus Bowser show in like two years, so looking forward to being back. Oh, they've done it there before? We did one with, with Tyus and Patrick Queen a couple years ago wow. at Alonzo's, which was great. I warn everybody, it's not as big as some of the locations where we do Tyus Bowser shows, so I would encourage you to get there early this Tuesday night to make sure you have your table, make sure you have your spot. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, Tyus Bowser show. Can, can I make a suggestion to, yes. to, to try and avoid a huge you know mass cluster f mm-hmm. how about if people that go to the bowser show have to take their they they also have to do the show in their underpants in their pa- in their i don't underpants. think we can legally allow that stan i don't think that's an option but it's a good idea it was a good and griffin yes has has gone tart back on here uh, this morning thank goodness he yeah. he did Couldn't even he, tell now. He, right he was a man of his word he did what we asked him not asked him he said he would do but uh, anyway, the Tyus Bowser Show's partnership with Pressbox Grade 8's memorabilia brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. It's Friday, so let's talk some Ravens with our Pressbox Ravens beat writer, Bo Smolka, who's with us this morning here on GCR. Bo, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Everything is good here. Um, it seems like, for the most part, everything's good health-wise for the Ravens, except for that pesky little like illness bug that's going around. I, I would think that we're not too worked up about the fact that Lamar Jackson wasn't on the practice field yesterday. 
But obviously the Ravens not interested in having like anybody else get that bug, say, Sunday morning. No, that's true, and we'll see. I mean, Rashad Bateman missed Wednesday for illness. He was back yesterday. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson missed yesterday. So we'll see in about an hour they're on the field. We'll see whether he's back today. If he's not, then we've got a little different discussion. But um, it seems that, you know, it happens. Guys get ill. They're under the weather. They miss a day. And I'm on the sense that Bateman was back after a day. I'm going to not read too much into it until we see if Lamar Jackson misses again. Now, remember, last year Lamar Jackson missed a lot of practice. He was ill. He was in. He was in. He was out. He hasn't missed practice all year. And he talked to the media Wednesday, and he was – relaxed and loose and rested and he was saying all the right things coming out of the bye he was ready to get back at it so he was in good place it, you know there was no sign of any illness with him on wednesday um i don't know what it was yesterday didn't feel well whatever but we'll see in about an hour whether he's back on the field but to the other point they are a relatively healthy team ronnie stanley wasn't even on the injury report this week um he has been practicing out there with a you know he's got a brace on his left on his right knee you can see it when they're out there uh, Marlon Humphrey is practicing and says he's good to go. Matabike is through the concussion protocol. He's good to go. So overall, this time of year, it's a, it's a healthy group, and I think the bye came at a good time for them. I think there's no doubt. And, and interestingly enough, right, like as we talked about all throughout the week, the bye week went pretty well for them as well. And so now everybody looks and says, well, they, they control their own destiny and they have the opportunity. But – so the you know the other side of it, of course, is the schedule is very difficult, and I think that to me starts this Sunday with a Rams team that's playing really good football. So, where's your level of confidence that if it takes five and zero, four and one in order to get the number one seed, that given what it is they're up against, the Ravens are capable of doing that down the stretch? I mean, four and one's a tough ask with the schedule they have left. Is it doable? Yeah, it's doable, especially with Trevor Lawrence now banged up. Um, and I know he's back to practicing in limited capacity, so it looks like he might even be ready to go in a couple weeks, which when he went down the other night, it sure didn't look like that was going to be the case. Uh, but they got to go out to San Francisco on Christmas night. That's not going to be easy. Of course, they have Miami. It, it's a tough schedule now. The Steelers look like they're in complete disarray right now, so I'm not sure what to make of them at all at this point. Can they win all five? No, I don't think they'll win all five. Can they win four? They might be able to win four. Um, my level of confidence they can win four, I don't know. I don't know what percentage it would be. Um, but I do think, this, you know, the injury to Lawrence is something that's gone in their favor. You don't like to make injuries a factor, but injuries are a factor, and they always will be. So that game looks a little different than it did two weeks ago, although, as I said, Lawrence may be back. Uh, but you're right, this Rams team is coming in here and playing better. Kyron Williams is back, so he gives them a, a, a really good running game, and that could be that could be important on a day when the weather's supposed to be nasty. Uh, so I don't think any I think anyone looking past this Rams game that's a mistake. This Rams team is playing well, and I know the these these uh, NFC teams have come in here and gotten blown out, and Lamar Jackson is almost undefeated against the NFC, and there's all of that. But the Rams are playing with some confidence now; they have a lot of good players. The way I see this game, Bo, and I wonder if you share that feeling, is it's a sort of a classic who needs the game more, you know, and I think it's uh, it's similar to what went on last week. Uh, who did Philadelphia lose to? San Francisco. San Francisco. That San Francisco was hungrier for that game 
than Philadelphia was. And this week I see a little bit of that where the Rams really need this game and the Ravens probably coming out of the bye are fairly comfortable. Are you worried about that kind of letdown by the Ravens? Well, that's funny you say that because people asked John Harbaugh last week about whether it was the Chargers. They said, this is really a must-win game for the Chargers. Does yeah. that worry you that it, it seems like more of a and, – and he Harbaugh's answer was, it's a must-win game for us. We need to keep winning games. Mm-hmm. We, we, we need to keep winning. So their mentality is it's a must-win game for us too. So the, maybe there's more pressure on the Rams in the sense of their spot in the standings and so forth, but um, – I don't think the Ravens have that attitude at all. I think they see it as a must-win game for themselves. And, frankly, it kind of is if they want a number one seed and the chance for a buy and all the advantages that come with all of that. So that's the approach they've taken with it. I think it's the right approach. Uh, but, again, this is a Rams team with a lot of talent. And I know the record isn't what they thought it would be. They've won three in a row, though. Um, so I think, I think I expect a competitive game. Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer with the Sierra on GCR. Bo, you and I, when, or when the three of us talked last week, you you know, you brought it up, and I thought it was bold when you said it at the time, but um, the idea that considering how Ronnie Stanley had been playing, that if that were to continue, that at some point the Ravens might be forced to ask themselves, hey, is a healthy Patrick McCary a better option? And I'll tell you, even your best frenemy, Jeff Zrebeck, was in agreement with you when we brought it up to him this week. How much of that do you think is like the biggest like focus as far as things that you're looking at coming out of the bye, areas of this team? How much is Ronnie Stanley maybe most under the microscope coming out of the bye and seeing where he is physically and if everything that we saw from his play was just about you know dealing with the injury and maybe he's okay coming out of the bye? Oh, I think that's definitely something to look at. And, I mean, look, I'm – once or twice already this year, Lamar Jackson's practice, Ronnie Stanley got pushed back into him, and that's basically how Trevor Lawrence got hurt. And it came close. Remember the one game, I think it was at Arizona, Lamar Jackson like lifts his leg and throws a pass on one foot. Well, that was when, he, when uh, Stanley got pushed back right into Jackson. So I think, yeah, there's a level of concern. I was surprised. I don't believe, I'd have to look again, I'm driving right now, but I don't believe Stanley's been on the injury report at all yeah. this week. So their their interpretation of that is he's fully healthy. So we'll see. He hasn't looked fully, fully healthy for a while. When he has, he's looked okay, but he's obviously been bothered. And so, yeah, I think his, his, his health, his status, I think has to be one of the main concerns coming out of the bye. Um, Morgan Moses on the other side of the right tackle spot, he's been banged up too. He's also not on the injury report. So he's another guy that probably benefited from the days off. But, yes, Ronnie Stanley, his, his ability, his health, absolutely one of the key things to watch. Uh, Bo, this week the Ravens announced that uh, Roquan Smith was their Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. I know we've done it ad nauseum, and I actually know that you're going to be writing about Roquan Smith in the next print issue of Press Box. But as many times as we continue to say it, like h- how do we define the impact that Roquan Smith has had in just over a year since arriving in Baltimore? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's huge, I'll say that. And John Harbaugh even said well, at some point around the trade deadline this year when people asked about trades, I believe it was, and he called the Roquan Smith trade one of the best in the history of the organization, which I think is accurate. Obviously, you know, Eric DaCosta called him a force multiplier, said he makes everybody better, and that is true. He's 
certainly we saw it with Patrick Queen. But I think he makes every level of that defense better, and he's a magnetic personality in the locker room. Uh, you see him lead the, you know, the huddle at the end of the pregame each time. The team feeds off his energy and his emotion. He's obviously extremely talented, all of those things on the field. But he's also, to the point of the Walter Payton Award, it's about civic engagement and community service. And he's out in the community all the time doing stuff, much of which, much of which we don't see and people aren't aware of. But he's always doing things. And I thought it was great when someone mentioned to him about the uh, Walter Payton nomination. He said, look, if I go through my whole career and all I am remembered for is being a great football player, then I haven't, I haven't done enough. I, know, I saw people give back in my community. I knew I wanted to be one, a, a guy like that. And so those are the guys you want. Those are absolutely the guys you want in your organization. And so good for him, good for the organization. He's, been just a, he's had just a massive impact. You have to wonder what a, an organization like the Bears. In two or three years, they gave away him for draft picks and Khalil Mack. I mean, what are you trying to yeah, accomplish giving away players like that? I mean, those are massive, massive players. My question, Bo, was a little bit about the running game of the Ravens. Could you talk a little bit about what Keaton Mitchell has meant to the running game and how his style is such a difference from what they really feature with um, Gus Edwards? Right. I mean, obviously, we've seen Kit Mitchell. He's much smaller than Gus Edwards. He's a different kind of guy. Uh, but we saw in training camp, he has, this, he has this explosion and this burst to the edge that Gus Edwards doesn't have and that, JK, or that uh, Justice Hill doesn't have. And obviously, J.K. Dobbins is not here right now. Uh, but it's, it, the speed to the edge is the first thing I noticed this mm-hmm. summer watching him. And, and what struck me more, though, watching him since he started playing, is the way he's able to shed tackles, even, even running off tackling into contact. He's, he's not a big guy, but he's able to break tackles. But that burst, you saw the one touchdown he had. The, I think it was the Bengals or the Browns. I forget who. They just took a bad angle on him, the Browns. They took a bad angle on him, and he just, he just outran them to the spot, and they were not expecting it. So he's brought a huge element to the running game. He's obviously – fresher than many would be at this point because he didn't play for the first six or seven weeks. So he and Gus Edwards particularly have become this kind of thunder and lightning kind of combination. Then they're spelling Justice Hill to some extent, but uh, Keaton Mitchell's been a really good spark. And, you know, we, I know people after that first game, he only had a few touches and one was a touchdown or maybe two were touchdowns. And he said, you got to get him the ball more. And John Harbaugh said, yeah, we're, we're working him in. We're working him in, getting more familiar. Then he started the game, and, and he's obviously a big part of what they do now. But his speed and his burst and his, like I said, his explosion is something that they, don't, they didn't have with either yeah. Hill or with Edwards. Um, and obviously it has been uh, really impressive to see. It was interesting that Justice Hill still got so much run in the Chargers game, um, but I think they needed his help in shipping, and uh, given all the struggles they had at left tackle, they needed that pass protection on the field. Yeah, Hill is a good. Hill is. I will say, Hill is the best of the pass protectors. Yeah. So that's why a lot of time on third down, he'll be in the game, and he's a decent receiver. And but that that you know, you get on the field if if you're you're running back and you can protect, you're going to find ways on the field, especially on third down. At B. Smolka is always how you follow him on Twitter, and you can see his stuff all throughout the week at PressBoxOnline.com. Bo Smolka, appreciate you, sir. We will talk to you again next Friday. All right.
All right, thanks. Take care. Thanks, Bo. Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka with us here on GCR. And don't forget that after uh, Ravens-Rams on Sunday, you can join us for Project Game Day. Myself, Rita, Femi, uh, KZ. Been a lot of Andrew Stecka throughout the year. Been a lot of uh, Josh Charles, some guy you might have heard of on uh, Project Game Day. Hope you come hang out with us. Following Sunday's game, pressboxonline.com slash gameday, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and helpmygamblingproblem.org. Do you think uh, Bo was aware that uh, Griffin was in his underpants? I think that he has a – it's it's very intuitive for yeah. Bo. So. I could tell the way he was answering some of those questions. You know, he was distracted. You know Ray Bachman, right? Like You remember Ray yeah, that sure. used to work at the old radio station? Yeah. One of my great personality, like right. a unique personality. He's a DJ, host trivia. Like he's a great personality. Ray would call guests for Bob Haney's show, right? Right. And they would be, yeah, I think Vito Stellino, right? Like he'd call Vito, and yeah. right is, and right, like he's he called, a, you know, a, an older, you know, kind of straight shooter. He'd say. All right, Vito, I'm going to get you up here with Bob. Hey, real quick, uh, why don't you go ahead and take your shirt off? The interviews normally go better when, when you do that. <laughs> and Vito will be like, huh? <laughs> and Ray would just be like, all right, I'm going to get you up right now. <laughs> Put him on hold. I had a show with, with Tom Strickler about a mm-hmm. year ago, mm-hmm. basketball recruiting guy. Yep. And he was at his apartment, and he was he was shirtless. <laughs> and we're getting ready, and, he, uh, and, he, and Luke was producing the show and says, Hey, Tom, uh, you might wanna, are you are yeah. you going to put a shirt on? Yeah, you might want to think goes, about that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, might want to think about that. All right. Uh, Sunday, Ravens-Rams. You're going to see it on Fox at 1 o'clock. Joining us now, legendary former Cowboys fullback. He is the man known as Moose, Mr. Daryl Johnston, and he will be on the call for the game on Sunday. He's with us here on GCR. Moose, it's Glenn and Stan Charles here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. No problem. Hey, Moose, I think we've talked before about this. How much do you get excited when you do a game in Baltimore just because you get to call a team that actually u- utilizes the fullback position? <laughs> Studying up on Patrick Ricard a lot this week. Yeah. Uh, very very <laughs> envious to, for a 300-pound man to move that, that athletically. So, he, he is amazing, um, isn't he? Like it's, it's, it is really ridiculous how much of a specimen he is. Yeah, it, it's it's really impressive. And, and when you have that, just, you know, what, what he brings to the offense and how many different ways you can use him. So, um, you know, obviously with that size, he, he's great at the point of attack, but just to watch him move athletically, I think is, is one of the most impressive things. Um, you know, just going back, watching film, I think it was Seattle back earlier this year. He caught the little check down pass and went like 80 yards or something. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be great. Uh, and, and I just, it adds so much creativity into what you're doing. So, uh, you know, to have somebody, you know, with the skill set of Lamar Jackson playing quarterback and, and what Keaton Mitchell has done, you know, with his breakaway speed, you, you kind of take that that physical element that Patrick brings, you know, working with Gus and Justice in the run game. And now you add some of that explosive component. And, and I think it's uh, I, I think it's going to be fun to just watch this offense evolve, you know, under Todd Monken as it moves forward. Hey, Moose, I was going to ask you that as a, f- a follow up to a question I just asked our beat writer. You've watched some of the film now. Could you talk a little bit about what you see in Keaton Mitchell and how it's sort of a change-up for what the defense is facing most of the time with the Ravens? Yeah, I, I think the, the history of Baltimore is, you know, just that 
that physical style on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. You, you go back to 2000 with that great defense, but I, but I think it's always been a part of the entire organization with the Ravens. You know, it's not just been on the defensive side of the ball. They've always been very, very physical, you know, on the offensive side of the ball as well. So, um, you know, I, I think when you get a guy like Keaton Mitchell and now all of a sudden you get that change up, you know, the game has changed a lot since 2000. Um, you know, speed becomes a, a top priority. We, we see the running back by committee on, on multiple teams. Um, you bring in a guy like Zay Flowers, you've got a guy like Keaton Mitchell. And then again, just with Lamar Jackson and all the athletic ability that he brings at the quarterback spot, you know, it's, it's been fun to watch that speed come in. And, you know, now it's a completely different challenge. It's not just, you know, a, a physical component where, hey, we can line up, we can knock you off the ball. Um, and, and get, you know, four, six, eight yards. Now, if, if you're not quite right, you know, we're, we're going 80 on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been fun to watch it. Um, you know, Kyron Williams is very similar for the Rams. I, I think it'll be fun for people to watch both of these guys play, uh, you know, smaller size running backs, but just extremely quick, um, you know, great acceleration. And, and I think for both of them, they've got that physical element that, you know, when you come up to make the tackle on a speed guy, you know, all of a sudden they can, they can drop the shoulder and run through you too. It's been fun to watch them, you know, break tackles and get yards after contact. Moose Johnson with us here on GCR. He's on the call Sunday for Fox for Ravens Rams. Daryl, you know, you bring up the Rams and Stan and I have talked a lot this week about the fact that the Rams are suddenly playing really good football. And it just so happens to be that it coincides with when they've had their stars back healthy and I wonder if maybe, like, on paper, we see, like, the, the Ravens are touchdown favorites in this game. Are, are we not giving the Rams enough? Like, this is still Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald. You bring up Kyron Williams, who's been amazing, and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua on the same field. Is it possible that, and I'm not suggesting the Ravens are, but that the rest of the country is maybe overlooking the Rams, forgetting, like, hey, this is still basically the core of the team that won the Super Bowl from two years ago? Yeah, I think because you know, they kind of went, you know, all in on that Super Bowl and they're going to have to unwind right. a lot of the salary cap stuff that it was going to be, it was going to be a couple of years before they were, you know, back as, you know, one of the more competitive teams in the NFL. But, um, you know, they, they, you know, Les Need has done a great job as their GM out there, you know, getting some young guys and, and, and watching them develop over the, the first couple of seasons uh, after their Super Bowl win. We had a week seven against Pittsburgh and it was kind of, you know, that was one of the big things we talked to them about because they called it a competitive reset, you know, at the time. Um, you know, they knew they were going to have to unwind some things, but they had to stay competitive during that. And how are they going to do it? I think when they got into OTAs and they got into training camp and then as the season started and progressed, they saw that talent starting to come together and, and a little bit better than other people around the NFL would have thought they were going to be. Um, they just didn't have the success to show for it and and i think you make a great point you get healthy right matthew stafford's thumb um you know that that was a huge issue you can see him get incrementally better you know over the last three games uh, the offensive line has been playing well this season you know that was something last year that was was really challenging they had guys in and out of the lineup and there was no consistency in the starting five and that's always challenging but but i do think that this is a team that's definitely under the radar. And, and you mentioned all the, the talent that they have, the individual talent that they have sprinkled in. You know, a lot of that is on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at the Rams, I, I think there's a little bit of an onus on, on the Ravens offense to not only get off to the good starts that they've gotten off to, but, you know, try to avoid those lulls that they've had and be much better in the second half. Uh, because, 
you know, you give Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, you know, an opportunity to get back into a game, and they're going to take advantage of that. Can you talk a little bit about the difference in Sean McVay this year as opposed to last year? Was his almost seemingly disengagement last year partly because he knew he didn't have the horses, and this year he's really gone back and has been much more energetic and focused? Yeah, I'm sure when you look at what what is coming up, um, you know, it's hard when you know you're going into, you know, I don't think they ever used the word rebuild. I think Mm -hmm. it was always a reset for them. Um, And, you you know, it's going to be challenging. Um, You know, so there, there, there was a lot going on, you know, with the Rams organization. And I think they had, you know, they had so much success right out of the gate under Sean. And then all of a sudden, you know, you didn't have that rebuild. When you come in for a new coach, usually it's those first couple of years that you're kind of putting your stamp on it and building everything up. They came in and had success immediately and uh, were a very, very competitive team. So this is really the first time, you know, under Sean McVay that they've kind of gotten into that, you know, adversity component and, you know, he talked to us a little bit about it this week. You know, it, it's finally our opportunity for this team, you know, to develop their grit, you know, to develop their resiliency, because we did have that that really good start when we first got out here. So I, I think that he got into that, and I think that just changes your mindset. You come in that first year, you see the talent that's there. You know, you've got Jared Goff, the quarterback, so you've got a good quarterback to start your your, your tenure with. You've got Todd Gurley as a, as a running back. You've got a good offensive line. You've got a really good defense. There's a lot of great pieces in place when Sean got out there, and it's just like boom. And now all of a sudden, as you unwind that, now you get into your competitive reset, and I think it's a different mindset. So mm-hmm. I think it's just it's Sean understanding, you know, what they've got to do these, you know, this year, last year, as compared to the three, four years prior to that, and that's going to take a different mindset from him that he wants to to kind of filter down through the staff and the organization. Very thought, very thoughtful answer. Thank you for that. Daryl, I, I wonder, you know, you know a thing or two about winning Super Bowls, obviously, and we're starting to feel like this Ravens team has a genuine chance to win a Super Bowl this season. As you look at them from the outside, what's the difference in this team being a good team that's been competitive? And the entire time that Lamar Jackson has been in the NFL, they've always been competitive when he's on the field, but they haven't been able – to translate that into playoff success yet since he's arrived. What's the difference right now for the Ravens being a good football team versus being a team that's ready to go make a run in January? I think the, the obvious thing over the last two years is just the health of Lamar Jackson. Sure. I mean, you, you, yeah, I mean, you make the point. You know, it's a completely different team when he's on the field. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm still in Dallas and there's a lot of the same questions about Dak Prescott. Right. You know, they, they're they winning games and doing things, but until Dak wins, he, he maybe doesn't have to win that Super Bowl, but he's got to make a big playoff push. You know, he's got to get to at least the championship game. And, and I think that that he and, and, and Lamar are on very similar paths with the fan bases. You know, it's great to watch all this success happen during the course of the regular season, but we need to have, we need to see that in the playoffs as well. And, and if Lamar is healthy, uh, you know, that, that's obviously the biggest thing. I, I think defensively, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a pleasant surprise for Baltimore how well their defense has played. Uh, I'm excited to watch Kyle Hamilton this week. Um, you know, he's fun to watch on the film. Um, you know, Patrick Queen and, and Roquan Smith inside. Uh, I mean, it, there's, there's a lot of really interesting pieces there, you know, for Mike McDonald to work around. So, um, you know, I, I think that, it's that complimentary component when you have one side of the ball that has a lot of marquee players. And and I ask people this all the time, 
you know, hey, when we won our first Super Bowl, our offense and defense, one was ranked number one and one was ranked number six. You know, which one was ranked number one? And everybody automatically assumes it was the offense because mm-hmm. we had Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin and Jay Novacek, and a great offensive line. It was actually our defense. Our defense was number one. We were number six offensively. And, you know, so, so that's the big thing. And, and then you get that complimentary component. So I think, you know, we, we look at Lamar Jackson and all the great things he can do, but, but how well are you playing that complimentary style of football? I've seen it as well as anybody this season in several occasions when I watched the film on Baltimore. I mean, I had to go back and watch that Detroit game because I remember we were doing that and, and I saw the score come across at 38-7 and I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened here? Uh, you know, the Seattle game, you know, I, I, I got to go back and watch the Seattle game. What did Baltimore do there? You turn on that tape. I mean, that defense is flying around. They're very physical. The offense is extremely efficient, uh, playing really, really good complimentary football. Um, so, so I think that that's the promising thing this year for Baltimore is, is how well they're playing together as a team. There, you know, there, there's a couple of things on special teams that we talked to Coach Harbaugh about, um, you know, especially with his special teams background, trying to get those sorted out. You know, once you get those three phases all playing well and complementing each other, that, that's when really special things happen. And you can see how close Baltimore is right now to having that all come together. Quick question about – I got two quick questions for you, Moose. Um, the um, Mike, You mentioned Mike McDonald. Do you expect him to be a highly sought-after head coaching candidate this year, or do you think that's still one or two years down the road? I think it depends a lot on the success that Baltimore has going through the remainder of this season. Obviously, everybody on teams that go deep into the playoffs, potentially the Super Bowl, become hot contestants for any open job in the NFL. I mean, look at Philadelphia last year. They lost both their coordinators uh, on a team that lost the Super Bowl. Um, So, you know, with the success that, that Baltimore has this year, you know, that's when that happens. It happened to us in Dallas. You know, we lost Dave Wanstat. We lost North Turner. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's hard when, when you have success because you know you're going to lose your coaches. And then free agency came along, you know, halfway through my career. And then, then you start to lose your players. And, you, and that hits your depth, you know, across the board. So it, it's always hard. But, you know, that's one of the, the, the negative things that comes along with the success of the team. So in, in my opinion, um, I, think, I think it would be great to watch him do it again. You know, a lot of times – you know, when you're a player in the organization and you have a breakout year in your contract year, you know, back in my day, it was like, okay, we're going to give you a one-year deal. Let's see if you can do that again. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, if some of the people want to see if, if, if Mike can do that again next season. Um, I think there's a ton of credit for him right now because there were no expectations for the Ravens defense coming in and watching them play as well as they do. And they talk about the complexity of the scheme, mm-hmm. but when you watch it, it doesn't seem like anybody's ever out of position. It yeah. doesn't seem like anybody has a missed assignment. Um, so I, I think it's one of those great things where there's a ton of talented guys that play fast in a scheme that's very challenging to the offense to kind of figure out exactly where the pressure could come from, but it's really easy for the defense to implement. Hey, last thing I've got for you is uh, Jimmy Jones uh, made the announcement a few weeks ago that Jimmy Johnson is finally Jerry going. Jones. J- yeah. Jerry Jones, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, is finally. <laughs> made him one person. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jones made the announcement that Jimmy Johnson is going into the Cowboys ring. What what does that mean to you? And could you talk a moment about what it must mean for the two of them to have finally like buried the hatchet? 
Um, long overdue, uh, well-deserved. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy. And I'm really happy that those two are in a position where the friendship has been reestablished. It's yeah. been a bumpy road for them at yep. times. Um, it's, it's hard to share credit when you do great things. Um, and I think that that's when you see sustained success, it's the humility of the people involved that can share that success. And even sometimes if maybe there wasn't as much given to one party or the other, they had the humility to be able to just, I'm fine with that. You know, the most important thing is, is us winning. And I think that that was one of the big bumps because it happened so quickly and it happened at a level that, that nobody saw coming that, you know, that that's really hard, you know, to come to that position where you share that success. And I think that that was, that was one of the big things um, that, that happened early on and they've gotten close so many times. Um, you know, there's over the last, 10 years, you know, there's been opportunities where we thought Jimmy was going to go in and, and Jerry was at that point where it was going to be time to bring Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor. Uh, and, and, and for, for whatever reason it, it didn't happen. So I, I, our group couldn't be more happy. Number yeah. one, that Jimmy Johnson is, is going to be up there at, at tech at, at AT&T with the other great players from the Cowboys organization and the great staff and coaches. Um, but the good thing is, is, is that those two are finally back in a place where that friendship has been reinstalled uh, and reestablished because that was such a special time for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always remember Jimmy Johnson saying early on in the process, if we get this thing turned around the way I see it, there's going to be enough success to go around for everybody. And it was always interesting that, that Jerry and Jimmy were the two guys that really struggled to come yeah. to terms with where that, where, where that was deserved and where it should go the most. Daryl Johnston, Sunday, 1 o'clock, Ravens-Rams on Fox. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. Enjoy your trip in here to Baltimore. We'd love to catch chat with you again Thanks, soon, Moose. Moose. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Thanks, sir. Moose Johnston very, with us here Very thoughtful answers. Yep, it was yeah. excellent. Enjoyed that a great deal. All right. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. When we come back in, um, Sanzi Gab is going to join us, and this is very special for us every year. We're getting ready to uh, have our best-of issue of press box hit newsstands and a couple years ago we christened the top honor as the mo gabba sports person of the year so sanzi will tell us about who that is and we'll tell you a little bit more about what the cover of this issue is going to look like and why it goes even beyond just the mo gabba sports person of the year so we'll do that next is glenn clark radio why bet with the big boys this football season instead try your hand with the local book superbook sports this fall superbook sports is the book next door just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in las vegas making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere and now superbook will give you a bonus of up to 250 dollars when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code glenn clark 23 g-l-e-n-n-c-l-a-r-k 23 so bet with the best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita 
and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 12th at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. It's brought to you by Superbook, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more in maryland you're welcome whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR is when to hour number two of the program. Stan the Fan Charles in studio with us. Um, Stan, we, we tell this story around this time every year. Uh, we go back a few years yep. and um 2019 you and i both walked into a meeting and it was a meeting that we were holding this is a, a pre-pandemic so everybody was together for these meetings back yep, in the day back then we were and we both uh we, we sit down at the table and everybody says well i want your thoughts on who the sports person of the year should be and i i don't know why but i was speaking first that day and i said i want you guys to hear me out i have a thought <laughs> i don't know how you're going to feel about it but this is genuinely who i believe it should be and I said, I believe that it should be Mo Gabba. And you 
kind of started chuckling a little bit. Yeah. Because you said, that's exactly what I was going to say. And, yeah. And we had both independently. And we don't always have. No. We, we often, see oftentimes we have very not different opinions. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, why you were kind of chuckling a little bit. Yeah. That you and I had both come to that conclusion. So uh, that year we had named Mo our sports person of the year, and then we put Lamar Jackson on the cover as well because he was, you know, the unanimous MVP of the league. And we had that great picture of them together. I, yeah. I get emotional thinking about yeah. that picture. Yeah. Um, and then when we got together in 2020, we we sort of said, you know, and unfortunately I think everybody knows that that Mo passed away, and we said I don't know how we're going to pay tribute to him how, yeah. and and how can we you know do it? we're never going to have a sports person of the year that's going to live up to the standard of mogaba yeah so we decided that the way that we would do it was to make it the mogaba sports person of the year and our friend sanzi gaba was so kind and gave us her blessing and said she appreciated that and joining us now here on gcr to help us announce this year's mogaba sports person of the year is the aforementioned sanzi gaba Sanzi, it's Glenn, and Stan the Fan is in studio with me. It's always great to hear your voice. Thanks for hopping on with us this morning. Thank you for having me, and good morning and happy holidays to you both. And the very Thank same you, to Sanji. you, my friend. Same to you. Um, before we get into the announcement, Sanzi, you know, I, I, I think back to, I, I've told you before, like, our interactions around then changed my life, right? Like, <laughs> changed my life. It meant that much to me. Um why were you inclined to allow us to to use Mo's name as sports person of the year? Because he wouldn't have it any other way. And to carry on with my son's legacy, then I wouldn't have it any other way either. Um, it's still, I know it still tickles you whenever we see Mo lit up in the end zone. I, I know every time, I, yeah. I, you know, I, it's, it's hard to put it into words, right? But like, here we are, um, you know, a few years yeah. later and, the, the the impact the how much do you still feel it on a day to day basis? I, I'm reminded every day because sometimes, well, especially when I work, and so I see my name and like I no longer have a name. I'm Mo's mom. Like hmm. they're pointing me like you're a Mo's mom, <laughs> and I just smile that I am. And it yeah. continued about how Mo impacted them, excuse me, and their families and stuff like that. So the tears don't fall as much, but it means a lot to me to have people come up to me and speak so highly of him. He changed the world. There's no question about that. Sanzi, you Thank know, you. We, we in the Jewish religion, we have a way when somebody passes of saying to the person who's lost the person, may their memory always be a blessing. And I'll bet you just, like you said, the tears don't come as often, but when you think of him, it is a blessing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, because I'm proud of him, what he was able to accomplish given what he was dealt in his life, his short life. So, yeah, I couldn't be any more proud to have raised that young man. So, Sanzi, um, I always appreciate that every year you're happy to do this with us. And um, I'm going to show everybody the cover because it's, it's, it's a little bit more than just the announcement you're going to make. But I was wondering if you'd be willing to share with everybody who Pressbox's 2023 MoGaba Sports Person of the Year is. And it's very much deserving because of what he did with the Orioles. Brandon Hyde. That's great. Very well deserving. Um, uh, Sanzi, Stan and I are going to tell everybody a little bit more about it, but if you, you know, just what it means to you watching what the Orioles have done these last couple of years, right? Like how things have yeah. turned for this team. And I I know it's not all the same guys that Mo got to know so closely, but what has it meant to you to watch what this franchise has done the last couple of seasons? No, it's exciting. 
it, it it's fun, and it seems like it seems like people are falling in love with baseball even more again now. And the team is doing so well, and I can just imagine how Mo would be feeling if he was here. Like, Mom, we gotta go to every kid we can go to. And, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so I know he's smiling down. I know he's happy. Hey, Sanji, I just wanted to ask you about two people that, in in a way, did more for you and Mo than Glenn and I have, and that's Jeremy Kahn and Trey Mancini. Have yeah. you, have you been in touch with them throughout? Yeah, yeah, Trey, I usually um, talk to him around the holidays. Yep. Jeremy, I talk to him often, talk to him yeah, quite often. Yeah, they're the best. And Just know, amazing what Jeremy did and and yeah, did for the right reasons, you know. Just great. Yeah. And I know it had to be great for you to see Adam back at the ballpark this yep. year. And That was uh, nice to see him. Right. That was so nice to see him. That was that was special. And uh, Zach Britton announcing his retirement. I know how much Zach meant to Mo as well. And um, what a special relationship they had. Uh, Sanzi, I, we love you. We are so grateful for the uh, continued uh, ability to share Mo's story each and every year when we do this. It's a tradition. You're more than welcome. It's a tradition, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. And, we, right. and I love you guys, too. Love you. Thank, Thank you, Thank you. Sanzi. Merry Christmas, Sanzi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Sanzi Gabba with us here. And, again, our uh, Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year is Brandon Hyde. But I'm going to show you what the cover of our Best of Issue looks like. And what you're going to see is that that's not a picture of Brandon Hyde. And that's because we decided to expand upon. Did he have his underpants off? I, well, no, is that's that not why? the reason why we <laughs> didn't put him in the picture. Um, we made the decision that we were going to make Brandon Hyde the sports person of the year, but it was kind of as a reflection of the team of the year. And our team of the year, of course, is the 2023 Baltimore Orioles. And we had a lot of conversations. and we yeah, had I a think lot it of- turned out fitting that because – you know, I, I you know, I'm just being honest. I wanted the team to be the sports person mm-hmm. here. Uh, we do things democratically here, uh, and I didn't win. But it's interesting that we ended up with the team on the cover, and that wasn't by my design. Right. It was what seemed appropriate. And to me, the reason they were the the sports person of the year to me is because that's what everybody talked about was the team. So I think it's fitting they're on the cover. And to me, I think that was part of the reason why Brandon Hyde was a good choice. For, uh, he's a great and, choice. and also, by the way, he was manager of the year. Yes. Let's, let's remember yes. that. Yes. Like we, the, Winning major awards is not yeah. something that happens every year in Baltimore sports. Um, part of the reflection of Brandon Hyde is, and I, and I wrote, actually my column in the print issue is about why I like that that's what we got to. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't my suggestion. It was... The way that we did it, I believe, was uh, Jen Nelson, our digital director's suggestion that we uh, you know, sort of said, yeah, like we, we that yeah. sounds pretty good. Yep. Um, what I liked about it was, to me, the story of the year was the culture. Like the story mm-hmm. of the Orioles was how much fun we were all having, how much fun they were having on the field, how much fun we were having vicariously through that. The 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 splash zone, you know, the all of it, the Homer hose, the every ounce of doing the woo during the walk-up. We all were having such joy. And to me, and you and I talked about it a lot, I kept saying the phrase, I don't know X's and O's if Brandon Hyde's the best manager in baseball. Right. But I know that this culture doesn't exist in spite of him. And we actually talked about it with Kyle Gibson um, a couple weeks ago. I might actually share a little bit of that here in a minute. Um, I thought, without giving away too much, I thought the most remarkable 
answer we got from Brandon, and mm-hmm. we have an interview. And with we Brandon. should share that part of this print yeah. issue that's going to be on stands next week will be a cover interview that Stan and I a sit down that we had with Brandon High. And was when you asked him the question about what was the like the most important player. That really where you knew that this culture was changing. Yeah, the answer is not who you it's would expect. Not who you would expect. I, I, yeah. Maybe we don't give it away. We let people read it. Do you want to, you want to say give it away? Robinson Chirinos. Yeah. It was a, an amazing answer and I, blew, I, blew me away. Both Stan and I were just like, what? <laughs> that I The answer, because a lot of times you ask a question like that, can you name one player? Yeah, and the guy and, says there's so many and guys. that's typically and, what you get. Or is, it was going to be the most obvious, it was Adley. Something like but that, to right? to throw us Robinson Chirinos. And the story that he told about what Robinson, Robinson Chirinos did to change the culture in Baltimore is really powerful. And I, I it is one of my favorite parts of the interview that we had with him and the story that you're going to read in, in this print issue of Press Box. And fascinatingly, when we talked to Kyle Gibson last yes. week, right? Yep. The player that he gives an awful lot of James credit McCann. is James McCann. Yeah. And and gives him credit for really helping Adley grow into the role. And of course, of being Gibson the, wasn't here with Chirino, right. so he, you know he doesn't. But but it's interesting the the importance of backup catcher yep. had to Brandon Hyde and to Kyle Gibson. I was to, ironically, I was talking to Ben Davis about that yesterday yep. when Ben Davis was on the show because he, of course, was a backup catcher yep. in his career. Yep. Um, what day should we expect? the issue to be as far as i know i've got to call the printer to just double check they should be out and about on wednesday the 13th which is early for us so to really if you're really going out of your way look for it on thursday i would say the best of issue um which has become a tradition for us here at press box and it's presented by the maryland sports commission and we have appreciated that reflecting on the top people performances and moments of the year will be available Wednesday, Thursday of next week, and you'll be able to read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. But um, the, the, the features are Brandon Hyde, Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and, of course, the Baltimore Orioles, the team of the year for 2023, and they will be reflected. And we'll on have them. about 30,000 copies out. So, And it's always Start. a very popular yep. one every year, so look forward to getting that to you guys next week. Let's switch gears here on GCR as we're in hour number two of the program. Um, a lot to discuss with the professor, uh, one of your favorites. I know, Stan, we're almost stealing from you because you guys talk to Marty, it feels like, once every couple of weeks. But uh, Marty Conway is with us this morning here on GCR. Marty, it's uh, Glenn and Stan. It's great to catch up, and we got a lot to cover, so thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, thank you. It's great to be with you. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Stan. How you doing, buddy? Marty, just if I could, we'll start with the you know kind of crazy news yesterday in uh, Bloomberg about the Baltimore Orioles. What was your reaction when you saw just your initial kind of thought processes of what it means that that news is out there, that there is at least one legitimate suitor and presumably someone who's at least down the road in the process for a potential sale to Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, my first reaction was, um, look, these things seem to pop up, you know, like garden flowers you never know when it's quite gonna you know come to fruition but it also suggests to me that these two franchises the Orioles and Nationals have been intertwined for a long long time even before the team came to Washington and this is an indication to me because I think there was much more firm ground for a discussion about the transfer 
of the Nationals team mm-hmm. to uh, David Rubenstein or Ted Leonsis group or some mix of that. And what I'm gathering in D.C. over the last several months is that that team may no longer be actually on the market, that the family has some uh, discussion maybe amongst the different folks who remain after Ted passed away, Ted Lerner passed away, that not all of them want to sell. And so if it's more of a sort of back on ice, then perhaps David Rubenstein and whatever, whoever else he's gathered has now turned their attention further north to Baltimore. So that's sort of what it suggests to me. I think these two franchises financially and everything else are going to be intertwined together for some time to come. Marty, what does it mean that this got public and how do you think it got public yesterday? Because I can't see of any reason Rubenstein or the Angelos family would have had to have made it public at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's a good, you're, you're right on that point, Stan, that somebody in this chain wants to kickstart this program again, whether it's to get some comment from people. I don't know if it's within Major League Baseball or some other third party, you know, whispered in the ear of somebody at Bloomberg because, you know, again, you know, like I said, this could have been written a month ago or two months from now. So there must be some reason why someone wants it to be clearly the Orioles, clearly David Rubenstein or anybody who might be involved would not want to talk about any transaction at any point other than when it's complete, especially with the other issues going on with respect to the, uh, the lease negotiations and things of the sort. So there is some reason why someone wanted to talk. It's just clear that it's probably not the principals involved here. Professor Marty Conway, of course, longtime sports executive with us here on GCR. Marty, with that, you know, you bring up the lease. Do, do you think this impacts that in any way? Like if, if, if the Angelos family is in the process of a sale, does this make them, you know, want to want to get it done quicker to get it taken care of so that like that's or does David Rubenstein say, hey, if I'm going to be the owner of the team, I'd, I'd rather you guys just do something short term and, and let me handle those negotiations. Like, how could this impact the lease conversation? Yeah, I think you've laid out the two scenarios there. If you're coming into any transaction, whether you're buying a house or a baseball team, and there's some ability to customize whatever that long-term mortgage or, you know, in this case, a lease to be, you'd, you'd want to do that. Now, I, I think the wild card here is the development rights. I think those are always going to be the wild card for somebody uh, who, who may have a different view, who may be able to work with different partnerships to do it. If you look around baseball and sports, there are certain development companies, including some based in Baltimore, that have been at the forefront of that. And so who has the best relationship with those, uh, with those potential partners to do it? So, look, I, I think at the end of the day, the only thing really to negotiate in this lease, there's some minor things here and there. It's really this concept of the development of property around it. That's where most of the motion is attended to because that's where the real value is. Some of these other issues about how much you pay for rent or whether you don't pay rent or maintenance or things like that, those, those are all factors, but they're not nearly the factor of what is in sports today, whether it's baseball or any other sport. Owners want to widen their footprint beyond the stadium. So even if you're walking by the stadium on a non-game day, they might be able to get 10 cents on the dollar from you as a part of that. Uh, By the way, which all of that money is not shared with other teams. It's Mm. not part of revenue sharing, which is why owners like it so much. And it's understandable. It's worked out in a lot of cities. 
want to ask you a question, Marty, about the normal, the normal way uh, a team operates when it is up for sale or talk of a sale. Most times you hear that a new owner would want this, the thing scaled back so they're, they're, they're an outlay beyond buying the team. They get to size up how much they want to put into player compensation. But I'm looking at this and I'm saying if David Rubenstein is interested in buying the Orioles at this point in time, part of the attraction has to be the job Mike Elias has done and the 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 vision of what the team can be on the field for the next five five or six years. I wouldn't want the team to pare down or duck away from spending if I wanted to buy that team. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, right. You don't want a Wayne Hazinga situation where yeah. you sit down the team yeah. in order to do it right, to make it more valuable. Look, I'll say this now. I've said it before. I think the Orioles are one of the most valuable, under undervalued properties in sports right now. And that if you could get them and the network uh, for a for a reasonable price, I think the sky's the limit. Um, I, I, I think there's an opportunity to sort of rebirth throughout the state and do things, and especially if the Nationals are going to be in a rebuild mode as well. So, you know, I, I think we're probably stepping over dollars talking about nickels in this case because I think the real value is in the asset. The second thing is some of this discussion about who might be involved. Look, if you look at the way transactions have gone, number one, you, you've got to have – I learned this from George W. Bush when I worked for the Texas Rangers, and I asked him how he ended up buying the team even though he only had 2% control, he said, let me tell you something, son. I had the seller, and that was Eddie Childs who was selling the team. So, number one, you've got to have somebody that's willing to sell to you. That's number one. Number two, you've got to have somebody that can be vetted and will be approved rather quickly by Major League Baseball. So, of all the names that you're speculating, whether it's David Rubenstein or Jim Davis or others, many of these names, I think, are already vetted in some ways. Jim Davis owns a part of the Cardinals. David Rubenstein is well-known throughout baseball circles and D.C. and philanthropy circles. So I, I think that's a, that's a part of it. But to your point, Stan, I think, yes, would a new owner want to do that? But look, they're buying a Mike Elias. You're buying the management team. You're buying yep. some of the things that are in place. And I think it's in pretty good shape right now. Marty, if I could, because I know you got to get out of here for a meeting. I just wanted to touch on there was other big news in the world of, I guess, sports business this week with this uh, you know proposal from the NCAA that appears as though it would break off the, the sort of the top programs, and it's something that we have we've heard for a long time, um, and would allow them to directly kind of take NIL in house and essentially pay the players themselves um, moving forward. And all of those things on paper, to me, sound about right. And I, you know, I don't know what it would look like for football, but the thing that I keep coming back to is like on a basketball standpoint. I, I fear that this walks into the death of the NCAA tournament as we know it, because ultimately, like, Morgan State is not going to be able to swim in those waters. They're just not capable of it. And the NCAA can, I understandably, or whoever, whatever this is going to be called, can say, hey, we'd rather have the, the haves and not the have-nots involved in whatever it is that we're doing. But I have zero interest in watching a first-round NCAA tournament matchup between two teams that went, you know, six and twelve in conference play. I don't need to see more Arizona State basketball in my life. So, am, yeah. am, am I right to be concerned yeah. that, like, even if there's like logic to this proposal, 
that there it could come along with the death of an institution as as we've known it and as we've loved it throughout the course of our lives. Yeah, I think you're 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 close on this, and I, that's why I don't give some of these recent reports too much credence because this is about one word: it's about access, and it's about access to money, and the money is the NCAA men's basketball tournament, the way it's currently constructed with 350 Division One teams going into the season, having an opportunity. And by the time we get to March, you know, we have our, our, our number of teams. I know for a school like Georgetown, for example, access to the tournament, they're not voting in any way that doesn't allow them access to the NCAA men's basketball tournament right. and future to the NCAA women's basketball tournament. Right now, the NCAA has an agreement in place with the networks through the early 2030s. So mm. you're not going to see anything change in the, in the interim and wherever they decide to go with that tournament, if they're able to renew that contract with the major networks, then, then everything else is just dancing around the fire. And I think ultimately that's where it's going to land. Football is an entirely different story. They've already broken off the Power Fives. They could continue to grow that. But I think watch the men's basketball tournament and see what happens, and that will tell you kind of where this NIL or whatever the new components are ends up landing because those schools – need and desperately need access to the tournament because it's worth so much money. Marty Conway at Marty Conway on Twitter is how you follow him. I have no doubt that Stan's going to be in touch with you again real soon to continue these conversations. Really appreciate taking a Thanks, couple of Marty. minutes for us. Thank you, buddy. Okay, guys. Great. Have a good morning. Thanks. Marty Conway, uh, the professor with us here on. And he GCI. literally is a professor. Yes, at that's, that's why we call him that. Yeah, sports I, business. I, again, I, I know this story was massive yesterday. I know it's everything that Orioles fans were talking about. Um, I, I just think you're going to have to be patient. I don't think that it's going to come up. Yeah, this ain't going to happen in the next 30 days or something like that. I, I think you're going to be waiting a little while to, to see how this plays out and what it ends up looking like. And there's still probably going to be some frustration involved. And I get that we all want finality. We all just want to know what, what this looks like. At the end, is there going to be more money to spend? Is that I, I understand that that's what we have the interest in, but I, I don't think we can possibly have those answers for some time. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. If there are other names, you know, if if what we're really learning is, you know, as you speculated earlier, Stan, that you know, say Mrs. Angelos, George Angelos has decided. It's time. We're it's selling time. the team. Yeah, that's what I think. It might be behind this. Will there be other names that jump into the picture in the coming weeks? Presumably, you don't want to negotiate with one buyer. You'd like to negotiate with a, a few different buyers. Um, is or could it be that they've identified that, hey, David Rubenstein is a Baltimorean, has the best interests of Baltimore in mind, and as civic stewards and you know, however you feel about the Angelos family, they certainly have made it clear they care about Baltimore in their philanthropy and the things that they have done that maybe they've said, this is who we want to sell the team right. to. Like we have single, if we're going to transfer ownership, we want it to be to someone who is from here, who cares about the team and the relationship with the city. And so that's the most important thing to uh, us. I want to throw one other part of the equation in this it's the tax implications i spoke to somebody last night uh, a businessman who understands this pretty well he explained to me and and i've gotten confused on it over the years at different times that the, the family would not want to sell the team while peter is still alive right that the time that they want to sell it 
is after he passes for but, tax but, purposes. But before Mrs. Angelos were to pass. Yes. Correct. Yes, yes. Um, so that, I just want to factor that in. Maybe there's something that's going on, and that's a very private thing to discuss. Of course. Uh, but maybe something is going on where they're they're starting to get the ducks in a row. Could it be that they are setting up a timeline similar to Steve Bashotti and Art Modell, quite po- right? It's that- quite possible that this could be a layered sale, you know. I, we don't know. This is we are yeah. speculating on all of these things yeah. because we're not going to get this. Yeah. Information. And, I, and by the way, all the things that you want to argue about related. This is one that you, there is no benefit for them telling you more as they're yeah. attempting to figure this, this out. This is their thing. You know, Yep, 100 percent. But I, the point I wanted to get out of Marty, which is, is important to the fans. I don't think that if, yeah, stripping if the, it down the, parks, the current right. Oriole ownership is of a mind to spend some money to extend players. And by the way, it's come out now that the Orioles have been yeah, Scott attempting. Scott Boris has said they've, they, they've... They call all the time yep. to try and talk about Henderson and, and Jackson and, and, and Jackson Holiday and Rutschman. Well, he doesn't have Rutschman. Rutschman doesn't have. Yeah. But anyway, that, that there is no interruption to running the baseball team the way we think they should run the baseball team, that there aren't barriers I, I don't think they're going to sign Shohei Otani today right but if they have the right player I think they will spend some money in acquisition particularly if they're into the process yeah. particularly if they are steps into the process yeah. and there is a working relationship and this is not going to be a situation where the potential owner is saying hey yeah, guys yeah. Put the brakes on. Don't spend any money if I'm going to buy and this And get team. rid of anybody that's going to cost right. any amount of dollars. What's Correct. It? That scenario that you're talking about be, would be the one where they just get rid of Anthony Santander, where they just yeah. anyone who soaks, soaks up any amount of payroll, right. you just get rid of them. You just say, nope, sorry, we're not going to have any payroll this season. I think the Orioles did that when, when they discontinued the uh, Mid-Atlantic Sports Report and got rid that of was me. Your, the, you were the yeah, payroll I, problem. I was the payroll so. problem. The early payroll problem. Yeah, right. They they tried. They did their best. <laughs> um, uh, Stan, you have had another busy week. You've done a couple of shows this week. Yeah. Uh, Ross and I had Scott McGregor on on Monday, yep. and we had an interesting discussion of some of the things that may have played into Chris Holt uh, being sort of changing his position, leaving the major league uh, coaching position, but still being director of pitching for the team. And then yesterday I had a really good – I always enjoy my conversations. We talked for about 25 minutes with the director of the Maryland uh, Lottery and Gaming. Uh, uh, that was John Martin. We had him on yep. yesterday, and those things are available at uh, PressBoxOnline slash uh, – Video. Video. PressBoxOnline.com slash video or, of course, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. We're going to do things a little out of order here because Sal Palantonio is going to join us at the end of today's show. My pal. Your pal. Our pal, I think, is the way that we can call it. Sal pal. Sal pal, our pal. So we're going to do tidbit and tubular before that. Um, I'm also going to share with you, as we announced uh, earlier this hour, that uh, Brandon Hyde, as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, the Orioles, uh, the team of the year, and will be featured on the cover we're going to share with you some thoughts that Kyle Gibson had about Brandon Hyde as well. So all that coming up here on Glenn Clark Radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Hey, Griffin, you want to let everybody know what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? 
Yeah, they got a pretty and good deal. And you do, deal, by the way, uh, you have to wear pants when you go to live casino and hotel. That is a, a I believe policy that is true. That they have I believe there. that is true. You uh, even have to wear you even have to wear pants when you're doing their ad. Uh, actually, no. They told me they were okay with. Oh, okay. Yeah, they said they were off. good. I'll right. stay out of it. I'll stay. Um, and they got a pretty good deal. When you lose bets, you can keep your pants on. You can actually take your losing bet over to the second chance to win drum over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where you can turn losses into winning opportunities. Because between now and January 4th, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland uh, rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum two nights a week. 20 different winners will be chosen, with prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, Sports and Social Ultimate Happy Hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Strongs will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Uh, Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. So a little bit uh, earlier on this hour, Sansi Gabba joined us, and we announced our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year for 2023 is M- Orioles manager Brandon Hyde. And um, Stan and I had the opportunity to chat with Kyle Gibson last Friday, and when we were chatting with him, we, we finished the conversation, and then we let him know then, hey, I, we just wanted to tell you that we made this – choice about Brandon Hyde being our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and we were wondering if you could share a little bit about, to you, what Brandon Hyde meant to this team, the team of the year, and the success that you were able to find, and I just wanted to share um, a really thoughtful answer from Kyle Gibson about Brandon Hyde and the role that he played in, in what it was that the 2023 Orioles were able to do. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I'd met a few players that had had experience with Hyder in Chicago or somewhere else, and, um, you know, everybody had really good things to say about him. And then you meet him in person and you realize that, um, you know, culture has to start from the top down. And, you know, you can't have players be accountable and not staff, and you can't have staff be accountable and not players. And, you know, he embodies that culture that they wanted to create. You know, he's an accountable manager. He's not afraid to say, hey, I messed that up. I handled this pro- improperly. And, you know, that, I think that's why players are, you know, so uh, excited to play for him, so excited to say, hey, man, that was awesome, and give him credit for being so good because he's there in the thick and thin. Um, and he, he is, you know, what you see in that culture has a lot to do with, with how he and his staff handle himself on a daily basis. You know, it's, it's easy for a staff to feel underappreciated and to, to feel like the players just think that it's their show and, and you know, just kind of feel the friction. Um, but when a, your staff doesn't have an ego and your players don't have egos and they can work together and understand that, uh, you know, there's going to be good days and bad days um, and nobody's kind of like searching for taking credit, then that's when you can have a really good environment to work and a working relationship with your coaches. And, and Hyder breeds that. Hyder is, you know, he's he's the same guy every day. Sure, does he get frustrated when you lose or when mistakes are made? Yep. But he is going to be your biggest fan, and he is going to be an advocate for you when you have a bad game or when, you know, times are thin. Um, and players really, really appreciate that out of a manager. When you feel like you're having a bad game, a few bad game stretch, and you don't get your back turned on, um, you know, that, that goes along. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, there you go. That's, uh, that is, of course, Cal Gibson chatting about Brandon Hyde. And, boy, there's a lot in there. But um, I think a lot of that speaks to 
Brandon Hyde's role in that culture that we were talking about and the joy that we all had in uh, watching Orioles baseball this season and the trust that they had in Brandon Hyde. And I think that goes a long way. And we, you know, asked Brandon Hyde in this interview that you'll read in, in the print issue of Press Box um, a little bit the opposite of the side of that, right? Like how he governed that culture and how he. Ha- when do you how do you handle that how do you handle like wanting them to be loose but also needing to be in charge and it was kind of fascinating listening to that answer so it was a really good answer and it was interesting that it it that the keith part of it was not that he he's not afraid to chew out a player mm-hmm. or anything he's not afraid to say i messed up right and right. that that's an important thing players see through that and uh, they know they know they're fortunate to play for a guy like Brandon Hyde there's no doubt about that all right uh, that print issue will be available next week let's go ahead and do tidbit and tubular right now and then we're going to chat with Sal Palantonio to wind down the show Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What you got? Um, Let's start with... Um, sorry, I won't clicking around here. So uh, Juan Soto, he is obviously going to the New York Yankees. He is actually going to be only the third player in uh, in MLB history to, uh, after having a season of 35 home runs and 125 walks, he's only going to be the third player to switch teams in the offseason. All three players have joined the Yankees. Can you, do you think you have any shot at naming the other two that went from hitting 35 home runs, getting walked 125 times? And then joining the Yankees. I would assume Alex Rodriguez. Not Alex Rodriguez. Giancarlo Stanton? Not Giancarlo Stanton. So they, it was. They joined the Yankees. They, Reg- Reggie Jackson. Not Reggie Jackson. Close. Uh, like Jason Giambi. Jason Giambi, yes. With the A's That's in 2001. And then That's a good one. Was a Yankee in 2002. Boog Pal. Not Boog Pal. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I was like, um, what? What? All right. Somebody like that. Uh, 125 walks, 35 home runs. And then went to the Yankees. Tino Martinez didn't have that many home runs. (laughs) My. It was in 1987 is when he had this season and joined the Yankees in 1988. Ricky Henderson. Not Ricky Henderson. Joined the Yankees in 1988, coming off a... A 35 home run, 125 walk. Man. He was a St. Louis Cardinal in 1987. St. Louis Cardinal. Willie Randolph? Not Willie Randolph. No, 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 no. Um, 1988, he was a St. Louis Cardinal. Was Dave Winfield a Cardinal? No, he was a Padre. Yeah, it wasn't Dave Winfield. Um... 1988. She must have. You ready for it? Jack Clark? Jack Clark. Wow. Jack Clark. I don't remember Jack Clark playing for the Yankees. I don't remember him playing for the Yankees. But I was trying to think of that era. 
Well done. I was on my game today. Absolutely. Paying attention to that. Um, Do I have another Juan Soto one with with more? I don't know. Do I want? We don't like. We don't really try to celebrate Juan Soto. He's a Yankee now. I know. Griffin. Yeah. Good point. The show should end. Juan Soto sucks. Yeah, that's right. All right, Puka Nakua, who we will see uh, on the field. Well, they're playing the Ravens. What? Not bad. Um, he is uh, in pretty elite company. He's only the third player this season. Who is this? this? I'm sorry. Puka, Puka Nakua. Puka, Puka Nakua, Nakua of the LA Rams. He became only the third player this season to hit 20 miles per hour on both a reception and a carry in a game. In one, in one so game. So specific. The other two on this list are not going to be surprising. Jason Giambi. Jason <laughs> Giambi. Hey, close. Not Jason Giambi. Tyreek Hill is one of them. Uh, Who else would hit 20 plus? Both a catch and, and a run. And a run. In the same game. I mean, is it a running back? It's not a running back. It's somebody a return specialist? Um, I mean, he has returned. Yeah, but he's DK Metcalf? Not DK Metcalf. He's pretty fast. I'm he not sure if you've heard. How about Lamb on the Cowboys? He's not fast. Uh, it's not CD Lamb. No. And so. It's a wide receiver. It's a wide receiver. Who is often used. Oh, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill. Puka Nakua are the three on this list. That, wow. one, that one was only okay. I feel like you could have done that. that. I feel well, like I got a good Juan Soto one here. Another one. Yeah, I don't want to keep celebrating Juan Soto, It's not a celebration jerk. of Juan Soto. It's other guys. I do that. We don't like him anymore. So boo. One. Boo. Maybe more like so no. You know what I mean? That's yeah, not, right? not bad. More like so no. If Otani um, goes to the Blue Jays, I think the show should start to say at the end mm-hmm. and – Juan Soto sucks, and, and Otani, so does Otani sucks, too. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to that being the direction of the program. Uh, did you see that Alex Ovechkin became just the 16th player in NFL history to reach 1,500 points? So, yeah, I want you to name the 15 guys that are ahead of him. Yeah. I, there's no, you're not, you're not going to. Yager is ahead of him. You yes. are right about right, that. I'm done. You are, I'm that's done. your one. Yeah. Um, uh, can you, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. You're think kidding. Well. You're kidding. I was gonna try to see if you could name a couple of them. <sighs> Yager's one of them. Uh, He's in second. <laughs> Definitely Yager. Yes. Definitely we've Yager. Got, we've established that part. How about Thank Bobby you. Hull? Bobby Hull is not ahead uh, of him. Bobby Hull. Uh, Brett, this is goals. Brett, no points. So oh, goals points. and assists. Goals and assists. Yeah, Bobby Hull. Um, and uh, his WHA stats don't count. Oh, okay. Part of How about Pete Mahavlich? Uh, Pete Mahavlich is not on the list, no. Well, we know Yager's on the list. <laughs> I bet Dick Meisner. Not Dick Meisner. He used to play for the Clippers. Mm. <laughs> Can't even name ho- great the greatest hockey player. At not least Stan named one of the greatest. about the guy, ho- Sidney Crosby? Sidney Crosby is directly ahead of Alex Ovechkin. Wow. Sidney Crosby is Justin. currently 15. How about, um, the, what was the, the guy who owned the Penguins for a while? Yes. W- not Wayne Gretzky. But uh, he, by but the way, Wayne Gretzky yeah, naming Wayne Gretzky would be a good great. idea, but considering guy, he's number Mario one. Le, Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux is on the uh, list. He's number eight. Good job, Stan. Boy, look at Mr. Hockey over here. Mr. Hockey, Mr. Mm, look that, at that Mr. used to be my nickname. <laughs> Mr. Dr. <laughs> hockey, they called you in some circles. Grand Poobah of Hockey. Maybe anybody else that you want to attempt to name. Anybody at all. Can't boy, I know he's God, Stan Makita. You know what? At least you named a hell of a hockey player, not Stan Makita. Maybe Mark Messier, you would mm. name him. 
Guy Lafleur. No, not Guy Lafleur. Gordy Howe. Ah, uh, Gordy. Perhaps Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. He's Gordy on the list. Of course, Gordy Howe. Right, I don't know why. I even Liam McCanny from Stevenson. And the on. Professor he, and Marianne. The prof- yes, all of them. All of them are on the list. Ah, that went well. That that was. Uh, Who's number one? You said Wayne Gretzky Wayne is Gretzky? number one. Why did I think that? Yeah, why didn't you think of Wayne Gretzky? Yager, Gretzky. Jeez. It's funny how I Christ. thought of Gretzky when I was Only thinking. because you were trying to come up with Mario Lemieux. <laughs> right. That's the only not, reason. Not Wayne Gretzky. But yeah, definitely not <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. But, you know, that other guy who was almost as good as Wayne Gretzky. I didn't he say all of that. You didn't I was use holding those, him in reserve. You use those words. I was but holding him in you reserve. You were essentially saying that. Yikes. All right. Uh, let's get to <laughs> Tubular. Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. Uh, are you betting any more primetime unders, or have you been scared off the primetime unders, Griffin? Not scared off. You're not scared off at all? No way. So Especially you, when Superbook's here to... That's true. Even if you lose, even if you rode with Griffin last night, and you you bet the under, the good news is if you signed up using the code Glenn Clark twenty three or Stan Charles twenty three, then you received up to two hundred fifty dollars, whatever it is that you bet, in a match of free bets. That's the way that it works. Use those codes when you sign up, and you receive up to two hundred fifty dollars in a same day first bet match, win or lose. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app in order to take advantage of that very special offer. Of course, the uh, Ravens are seven and a half point favorites now against the Rams. That number has gone up. Seven and a half now? Seven and a half now. And if you say just a little too rich for my blood, then sign up at Superbook.com. Use the Superbook app and use that code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23. Uh, some highlights for this weekend as far as Tubular is concerned, and it is a busy weekend, of course. Tonight, Navy hoops in action. They take on Quinnipiac, 7 o'clock on ESPN3. The Wizards take on the Nets at 7.30 on Monumental. Tomorrow, Army-Navy, 3 o'clock from Foxborough on CBS. Towson and UMBC hoops get together in Catonsville. That's a good one at 1 o'clock. It's on Masson. Loyola hoops at home at 5 o'clock against Mount St. Mary's. Coppins at George Washington at 6. Both those games on ESPN+. Plus. Morgan's at home against something called Virginia University of Lynchburg at noon. I'm, V-U-L, yeah. I'm not familiar. It's the Dragons, apparently. Uh, tomorrow night, the Heisman Trophy ceremony, 8 o'clock on uh, ESPN, where presumably Jaden Daniels, who joined us on the program yesterday, will be winning the Heisman Trophy. That'll be followed up by a 30 for 30 on the great Heisman race of 1997, that was uh, Charles Woodson versus Peyton Manning. So that would, of course, Charles Woodson winning the Heisman that year. That's a 30 for 30 that airs tomorrow night. On Sunday, the local TV games Fox, of course, Rams, Ravens at 1 o'clock, CBS, Jaguars, Browns at 1 o'clock. So you, you want to get, you get bored of the Ravens, end up blowing out the Rams. You want to watch a little Joe Flacco, you'll have that option. Although that's still not official yet. They still haven't uh, declared that Joe Flacco is. Yeah, they know what's good again. for them. Yeah. Right. Uh, Bills Chiefs, 425 on CBS. I still assume that Trevor Lawrence can't be playing on Sunday. I, I can't fathom that. But he did practice yesterday, so who Doug knows? Doug Peterson just said he's a game, he will be a game-time decision, which they know on Friday, of course. Yeah. Eagles-Cowboys, 815 on Sunday on NBC. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out to you? Well, that's going to be a huge viewing a audience massive, watching that. Ma- big game, obviously, big market. Two huge markets. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, a lot of people will be betting their underpants on that. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, you really going with the under and Eagles Cowboys? What's it at? 
I'll look. <laughs> What's it? Go ahead. Tell me uh, about on ABC tonight. Uh, it's going to be a holiday themed Shark Tank apparently at eight o'clock. Okay, I said highlights. This is a highlight. No, it's not. Holiday. You want Shark holiday Tank. stuff? Love Shark Tank. Really? Yeah. Love Shark Tank. Shark Tank is great. We watched it in my marketing class in high school. Our teacher, whenever he didn't know what to do, he just threw on Shark Tank for us. That's what that was. <laughs> it was awesome. Mr. Myers, Mr. Myers was the best. Boy, I could have taught that class. Yeah. Last um, year, we're going to watch Shark Tank for an hour. I'll be back. <laughs> I mean, we did that. It felt like go once take a week. A, go take was, a smoke. <laughs> uh, Fallon's going to have Anne Hathaway and Peter Sarsgaard on tonight. Netflix uh, movie with Julia Roberts, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, and Kevin Bacon, Leave the World Behind. It looks pretty good. It's like a, there's like a global cyber attack and like becomes sort of like apocalyptic in, in some way with okay. uh, with this global cyber attack. So Julia Roberts on Netflix. Um. Otherwise, the greatest, the Great British Baking Show Holidays, mm. that season six premiere. You on never Netflix missed as that. Well. Never. Stan has never missed an episode. Never missed Adam an Driver episode. will be hosting SNL along with Olivia Rodrigo as the musical guest. That's a good, good combination. Uh, tomorrow night, and then he's um, been a good. He's hosted before. He's a got, good host. Gotta ask you: Has either of you seen? I watched it last night. Lawman Bass Reeves. Oh yeah, I have not seen it yet. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. Very well Lawman done. Lawman Bass Reeves. And now it's a, it was a movie, and it was on Amazon Prime, and I said, wait a minute, I think I've seen some ads for that or something. And then I went back, and I mean, it's it just dropped November 4th. It's on Paramount now, a series. But they've changed the actor that played, that played uh, Bass Reeves. Gotcha. So look uh, at, historically, a look at... Uh, uh, it it sort of narrates at the okay. beginning. It's under underappreciated like role yeah. of the black cowboy. Right. He's like the first black U.S. marshal. Right? U.S. Huh. marshal. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, new episode of that on Sunday as well on Paramount Plus. Um, also on Sunday night on Fox, Master Chef Junior, home for the holiday special. Oh, Mrs. Clark and I will have something to watch together. That's nice. It's Eight o'clock on Sunday. So exp- explain to me because you're an expert on all this stuff. Of course. <laughs> If I have Apple TV and I've got uh, Amazon, but I I would have to buy Paramount to watch that. Does that stuff ever filter over and show on other? Yeah, um, yeah like eventually, it, well, not like right away, but like, like eventually, six months like Prime from Video, now. yeah, Prime Video often has like different like random series on it that okay. were on other stuff. Because um, so I'd like really like to watch over. that. Uh, what's it? The Mayor of Kingsville. Oh yeah, Mayor of Kingstown. Kingstown. Oh, no, that's a new episode of that on Showtime as well on Sunday nights. So that's show- now available on Showtime. Showtime. But you have to have the Showtime tier yeah, on your Paramount on, Plus, or, Hulu, or like Showtime Hulu or something. You know, oh. some sort of. Ad. Or have Showtime. Oh, if you have Showtime, then yeah. you're good. Yeah, yeah. you're fine. You're so? fine. I'd like 100%. to watch that. The All right. Cur- the curse he's of back. Wo- he's back working now, Jeremy uh, Renner. Yes. Yes. Boy, boy, that was scary. That was, was. a fright. But I hear he's in, in incredible agony all the time. I can't That's what I Could you heard. imagine? God, it's just awful. All right, uh, very good. Uh, quickly, we have, let me double check it right now. We have six spots remaining in our charity bowl pick Now, again, if everybody who told me they were going to get in gets in, then I'm pretty sure all those six spots will be filled. But I would prefer not to wait. This is a charity what? Bowl pick Based on what you donated, I can give you a spot. You want a spot in it? Yeah, I definitely like Done. a spot, but Done. I want to donate. You've already what, donated. You donated. You're good. You right. and Mrs. Charles made okay. a nice donation. All you're right. you're covered. All right. All right. 
I can I can earmark that here. We're okay. good. You're on the I'm list. I'm earmarked. So yeah, we got, Never been earmarked. Yeah, right? Before. We got five spots remaining is what I have. Thank you to a good guy, Andrew Stecka, who got in yesterday. I appreciate that. I appreciate him. Uh, you know, it's his yeah, solidarity he, of course, with me. Can, I, can I make a, a suggestion? What, and what's the deal? Half the money goes Half to... Half the money. It's much like the 50... Oh, by what? the way, tough night for Griffin in general last night yeah, as the Pelicans also close. got blown out. Zion's talking Ooh, about, oh, we, we didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Like, um, I suggest if you're not going to take that seriously, what are you going to take seriously? I suggest you, and how much is the entry? $20. $20. I suggest you you uh, contact Peter Schmuck. Oh, is this his, that's up his alley? Okay, I'll, I'll send a note to Peter. I have no problem doing yeah. that. Peter Schmuck, lo- first of all, he loves charitable donations. Okay. And he's an expert on college pick'em. Well, here we go. Bowl pick'em. Bowl pick'ems are well, tough maybe, because maybe you don't know. Yeah, right. You don't know who's going to be playing. He in doesn't the games. care. He knows. He knows college football very well. We got five spots now left. Close this thing out for me. Make sure that when I get back here on Monday, I'm not still having to deal I'll with this. I'll tell you what. If Peter doesn't take it, I'll take a second entry. Well, look at you. If you, you get stuck. All right. All right. So, so all you got to do, Venmo Glenn Dash Clark, PayPal Glenn Clark 180, or Cash App Glenn Clark Radio. 20 bucks, then send me an email, glennclarkradio at gmail.com. Let me know that you got in. I will get you into our charity bowl pick'em. Again, we're going to cap it at 35 people. So it's going to be $350 to the singular winner. So if there's a tie, we'll have a tiebreaker in the championship game. And $350 to finish up our drive for helping up mission. And that will bring us up to $3,000 raised total in order to purchase toiletries and underwear and socks for the folks at Helping Up Mission. So, last couple of spots needed. Get in this weekend. 20 bucks. Glenn Dash Clark on Venmo, Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal, or Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App, and you'll get a spot in our Charity Bowl Pick'em Contest. I'll put them on the spot, but ask Stein. You know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get after both those charity. guys. It's charity. What yeah. are we doing here? What are we doing? It all begins. What? Charity begins at home. That's exactly that's why I've heard that. And they're both in their homes this weekend. Uh, right? What else are they doing? Well, I don't know. Stein probably is doing the UMB. Oh, no, because it's on TV. I don't know if Stein does the t- games on their own. I guess he probably does the game tomorrow for UMBC. Are they, they like take using? On Towson. I, 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 yeah. We're overthinking it. Yeah. Um, moral of the story is do that and then block off one week from Monday night. One week from Monday night, block off. We're going to have a special event, and I'll be announcing the details of that this coming Monday night for a charity collection. So look forward to that. We do wind need, down. Do they need deodorant? They do. They absolutely need deodorant, 100%. i got a deal for you. Oh, yeah? You use deodorant? I stopped. <laughs> I stopped. But I did. I did. I've been wondering I, I what did that put was. new underpants. On. I appreciate that. We have a policy. All right, uh, we're winding down for a Friday edition of the program. Our next guest is going to be in Baltimore on Sunday for Ravens Rams. You'll be seeing him all day on ESPN. He is our favorite. The great Sal Palantonio is back with us here on the program. Sal, it's Glenn Stan the Fan Charles with me again this morning. Always great to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. And. I love it. Oh, yeah, Sal. <laughs> it's great to chat with you, man. And I, you know, I know that you you always love coming to Baltimore, and I always hear that in your voice whenever you get an assignment to Baltimore. Um, and I know the affinity that you have for this city and this organization. But this type of game, where it's starting to feel like there's something real here, the Rams are coming around as well. Like this, this is the type of electricity you want when you work a game, correct? 
Yeah, and you add in the weather factor. So there'll be a lot of snap, crackle, pop to this game. Uh, plus, there's just a lot of anticipation and, dare I use the word, pressure on Lamar Jackson. You've got the number one defense in a lot of categories. Your offense is much, much improved. The team has done a lot to help you. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those deals where Lamar's got to close the deal. He's got to do it without Mark Andrews. And he's got to do it against a hot team, the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, the last time I came in there, I'm going to mention it, and I don't mean to jinx anybody. But, you know, they should have beaten the Cleveland yeah. Browns at M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah. I was there for that game. That was a game they should have won. They should have won in Pittsburgh as well. So I'm really anticipating uh, a game where the Baltimore Ravens block it down. It's time to lock it down. You have uh, – a Miami Dolphins team that controls their own destiny. They went out and they have the number one seed. And so you have a very difficult schedule. Now you're home. Now you're coming off the bye. You got to lock it down. And, and there's three things that are going on with the offense in year one with Todd Munkin that are really, really, you know, I think impressive. Their zone read run game is a very big advantage. It's a major advantage. They have 740 yards rushing in their zone read run game. That's 100 more yards than any other team in the league. So it's been dominant. And they're creating more yards after the catch for Lamar than ever before. 49% of Lamar's yards this season, 49, that's half, have come from Yak. Hmm. That's the highest rate of his career. So they're getting more easy yards in the passing game for Lamar than they've ever had before. And his time from snap to release is 2.85 seconds. That's the best of his career. Hmm. So you're getting more rhythm in the passing game. You're getting more easy yards in the passing game. And your zone read run game is a major dominant advantage. In those three areas, I think they've really helped Lamar this year. And he's kind of you know, improved, but he's sort of also, I think, run out of excuses. Good point. All, all incredible points, Sal. Sal, you mentioned the loss of Mark Andrews. Uh, there's a tight end that I'm pretty sure you're pretty familiar with named Zach Ertz that's out and a free agent right now. Uh, it was assumed that the Ravens or the Eagles would have signed him by now because of their injury there with uh, Goddard in Philadelphia. Are you hearing anything on that? And does he have something left in the tank? Because his performance, albeit with some poor quarterback play in Arizona, wasn't uh, anything to look at. Well, Goddard's coming back, Stan. They're getting Goddard back uh, <clears throat> this week Oops. against Dallas. He I thought I had read he was going okay. So do you think it would still make sense for Zach Ertz in Baltimore? I do. Yeah. I do. But, uh, you know, far be it from me to tell right. everything. <laughs> how to, how to that was my main uh, point. How, of, how to, my main how, point of the question how, how was. How to do their job. Right. How to do their, their job. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. So. My main point of the question was, does he have something left in the tank? Zach Ertz. Yeah. And my okay. answer to you is, yes, I believe okay. he does. 
Sal Palantonio with us here on GCR. We're getting ready for Ravens-Rams. Sal, the points that you made about Lamar are great. The, the thing that I think we've been concerned about in Baltimore is actually the play of Ronnie Stanley going into the bye. And I know that he has dealt with you know injuries, and it seems like it's been nagging for about four years now. I, I don't know how much you guys looked at that and as you were doing the matchup show. I don't I, I I am starting to wonder if the Ravens might be in like real danger if if Ronnie Stanley doesn't get things turned around in season because it, it was pretty bleak in the weeks leading up to the bye. Yeah, he definitely needs to play better for sure. I think uh, offensively they've played very, very well. I like everything that they're doing on offense. Um, it's a it's an area where the the Ravens will be tested. Certainly, their offensive line will be tested by Aaron Donald and what the Rams bring defensively in their front seven. Um, I don't think you can focus really on one player specifically, right. but they need to do better all all the way across the board against this Rams defense. So how good are the Rams at this point, right? Like, I, there's, you know, your, your colleague Jeremy Fowler at ESPN pointed out that it's not just that they've won their last three games. They've been explosive offensively over the last three weeks, you know, getting all of these guys on the field together, Stafford, Williams, Nakua, and Cup. Um, I, I think largely they still kind of are flying under the radar, right, just because they've been through so many injuries and, you know, they, we had kind of written them off as a team that was doing a little bit of maybe a rebuild, but... Are, are the Rams coming together as a team that has a real chance to be a threat, not just in Baltimore on Sunday, but moving towards the postseason? I'm not there yet. Okay. Definitely not. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. They beat Cleveland at home, which they're supposed to do. They beat Arizona on the road, which they're supposed to do. And they won a seriously close game against Seattle at home. Prior to that, they lost in Green Bay, they lost in Dallas, and they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, I'm not there yet. You know, Baltimore's favored by a touchdown in this game. The way the defense is playing, I think if you look at it on tape, and Sean McVay alluded to it this week, Glenn, they have a great scheme. They have a terrific combination of players. They're two linebackers in Kyle Hamilton. You, everything runs through them, and Jadavion Clowney is playing at a very high level. This is one of those defenses that can carry a team. Uh, if your quarterback doesn't turn the ball over in the fourth quarter, you're going to win a lot of football games. So, to me, uh, they have a real shot to do some serious damage in this game by just playing sound defense, running the football in the wind and the rain, and the quarterback takes care of the ball. It's it's the formula for the Ravens. The last two Super Bowls that they won, their two Super Bowl victories has been that way. Dominant defense, run the ball, quarterback take care of the football. It's a tried and true formula that has worked for this franchise. And pretty much every franchise built from from the defense to the offensive side of the ball. Now, of course, I look at the schedule. Shoo. It's super tough. Yeah. It's super tough. It's, it's the toughest schedule in the last five weeks of the season in the NFL. So don't look behind, don't look beyond L.A. Just think about L.A. and the Rams practicing in sunny Southern California, taking a trip across the country, playing in the wicked wind and rain at M&T Bank Stadium, which is going to be rocking and rolling on Sunday. 
despite the weather, because people from Baltimore come out to the game and, and just play to all those factors and get out of Dodge with a win. Now, that's what you got to do to start off this five-week sprint to the finish. Sal, I wanted to ask you about the team that uh, you get to see quite a bit of, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and the NFC. That game on uh, Sunday in Philadelphia between the 49ers and the Eagles was a real eye-opener. Um, can you rate those three teams, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas, who you think number one is, number two, and number three? Yeah, I don't think it's any mystery. Um, you know, Dallas is, in my, in my view, the third best team, but mm-hmm. they, they, they certainly have a shot to – to beat the Eagles this weekend. So we Eagles have to play much, much better defensively, Stan. They just do. Yeah. They're giving up way too much yardage. And, you know, last year, last year they led the NFL in sacks on third down. This year, they're last in the NFL wow. in sacks on third down. Wow. That's a complete 180 of misfortune. Uh, for whatever reason, players are older, They've had some injuries. Uh, they're not blitzing as much. I think you'll see them blitz more on third down in this game. Nick Sirianni alluded to it uh, this week. That they're going to try to do things differently. And I think that's one of the things that they'll do. It's a double-edged sword because Dak's very good against the blitz. But you got to do something because you can't leave these the quarterbacks back there five, six, seven seconds patting the ball looking for guys to get open. I would say Philly's number two, and then San Francisco's number one. It was an eye-opener. You're absolutely right about that. That's a perfect way to put it. My eyes were opened. Uh, <laughs> they, just have, they just have wave after wave of matchup problems yeah. offensively and defensively. Their size, their speed, their talent. It's not any great scheme defensively, Stan. It's just size, speed, and talent across the board. On all three levels, um, you know, I think Roquan Smith is the number one off-the-ball linebacker in the NFL, but yeah. I think Fred Warner is a close second, no question about that. And when you got a guy like that, a Derek Brooks-like linebacker, you can do a lot of different things. Now, as for the offense, the offense is built through Kyle Shanahan and that scheme that he uses with the heavy motion and dictating matchups through variables in the formation. And, uh, man, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, hard to bring down. It's like Roger Craig and, uh, and, and Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, you know, in the weight room. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's a very high compliment. And, yeah, throw in a George Kittle, too, right? Yeah. Like, my God, it is. Sal, so that game Christmas night between the uh, Ravens and the uh, 49ers, Listening to you today, that very well could be a preview of the Super Bowl, couldn't it? I was there when the lights went out in New Orleans. I remember it very, very well. I, that was one of my favorite Super Bowls for so many reasons, but the best part of it was I remember Ray Lewis saying to the staff, hey, Sal, Sal's our guy. He's in the hotel with us. <laughs> he makes sure that Sal, Sal gets the daily schedule. The people at ESPN were just shocked that I would read the daily schedule of the Ravens at the Super Bowl because the security staff 
would make sure that I got it. That's I great. On, on the air, but Ray, Ray, Ray Lewis was, hey, it's my final journey, and I'm, I'm dragging Sal Pendleton oh, along cool. with me. That's cool. I never knew that. That's really cool. One, one more question about that game, Sal. With what's at stake when they play Christmas night, do those teams just play their game, or are they hiding certain things in anticipation of possibly playing a month later? Yeah, I don't think they're hiding anything. Okay. You know, listen, Lamar missed practice yesterday with an illness, right? Yeah. I, I'm sure I'm sure that he's going to be fine. I don't know. We'll see today, and obviously on Sunday, I'm sure that he's going to be fine. <clears throat> but, hey, man, you got to get through this game. You're off the bye. The Rams are hot. You know, you're at home. This is not, well, we just lost to Cleveland. This is like, oh, hey, we got to take care of business here. You know, you're going mm-hmm. on a tough five-game stretch. This may be one of the easiest games in the time in the tough in the five-game stretch uh, in terms of circumstances. So, don't look too far down the road, Stan. This it's called this week in pro football. Gotcha. Stan. Now, come I got on. you. Correct. I That's gotcha. correct. Um, hey, <laughs> Sal. All right, guys. We'll see in Baltimore this Sunday. Sal, right? lo- love you, brother. Hey, how about a go Navy this weekend? Can we get that? Oh yeah, we get we get, we get a little go Navy. I'll give it to you later on. Man. All right, Sal. Appreciate you, man. We'll see Thanks, you in Baltimore Sal. on Sunday. All right. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. you, guys. Love you guys. Sal, right, Sal Palantonio from ESPN with us here on GCR. Where does he come up with those stats? Well, he does the matchup show, obviously, and I'm sure that's that's certainly part of their prep for it. So I uh, always appreciate him taking the time. Hey, uh, good guy John Colson got in the charity bowl pick him. Good guy John Colson in. So down to four spots. Down to four. Go fill them up for me today. So I took the fifth. I you got, there were six left when we six. started the conversation. You and Colson, Colson are, in. are five, and I'm telling you, Schmuck will be I, I don't doubt it. I will get in touch with him today. And Stein. All right. Uh, Stan, you're back in action on Monday talking baseball. I'll be talking baseball with Ross and uh, Luke uh, sometime around 4, 4.30, somewhere in that neighborhood. Very good. At Stan the Fan on Twitter is how you follow him as well. And tomorrow morning, the bat around 10 o'clock with Paul and Ryan talking baseball there. I'm also uh, doing an interview on uh, Monday uh, with the problem gambling folks. Sure. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm doing that at 12 noon. Oh, okay. We're taping that. And then okay, we'll got it. it for later in the week. Very good. All right. Thanks today to Sal Palantonio. Thanks also to Sanzi Gabba. Thanks to uh, Daryl Moose Johnson. Thanks to Bo Smolka and to Marty Conway. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tabaclandparkradio.com. Great show. Not that we don't do thank- good shows every. Week. I also want to thank Griffin's Underpants. Uh, uh, played a big role in today's show. They were clean. Well done, uh, Blue Haynes, and uh, we inspected yeah, thanks, them. Griffin, not too closely, but no, we no. We, that we have a policy here. We have a procedure yes, for him. We have, stand- we have standards. There's there's it's here. called standards Stan- and practices. Standards is what we call it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox. All of our great sponsors and partners. Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Navy. Go all the local hoops teams. Go Ravens. Duke sucks. Still for now. <laughs>